Hey everybody, welcome to episode 8 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, a.k.a. Wikipars, a.k.a. Durango Jim. With me here in the kitchen studio are, as always, my co-host... Wiley Ann Lewis. I don't know, are we going with Western names? Sure. Uh, series mainstay... Tyler Wild uh, and Boring. the Sundance Kid, I don't know. <laughs> and joining us for the first time ever on loan from Games Radar, it's Lucas Sullivan, aka The Dude. The Dude. Right. I like it. Elegant in its simplicity. So we've got a pretty great show lined up today, I hope. I, I can't actually make any promises there. Hopefully better than the last week's episode, which apparently made people want to vomit. I don't blame them. It made me want to vomit while we were it gave doing us it. all headaches. This one will really make us bros, want to vomit. Bros, oh, on. yeah, that's true. This one will probably yeah. make us want to vomit. Um, we do have uh, Bioshock Infinite coming out this week. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be kind of it for huge releases for a couple weeks. We've got a, a few mid-level ones coming out. But uh, this is the... Last big uh, hurrah of March. But first, we've got this week's top five, as we begin every cast with a top five. This week, we're actually taking a reader suggestion. This week's topic comes to us from Brendan P. Ralph on Twitter, who suggested something that has us drinking for Loco. That's right, y'all. It's the top five alcoholics! It's not, it's not stopping. It, um, it, it, it won't stop. 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 And scene. Now for real, make it stop. Uh, thank you all for coming with me on that journey of magic. I'm a changed man. <laughs> I was I was waiting for it to to mix up. It won't stop. It won't stop. 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 <laughs> yeah, we can't do that with okay. voice mouths. Oh well, okay, yeah. sorry. Um, but that was we are drinking. Really, I should have had you do this smells one. Smells real gross. Uh, I poured some <laughs> some nice fancy glasses of Four Loco for it, these everyone. These are very fancy glasses. Um, this is cranberry. Ugh. Cranberry lemonade. It's oh my awful. god, it tastes like cough syrup. Yeah, it's terrible. That's 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 fucking gross. No. Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> oh, it's bad. That doesn't Ooh. taste like cranberry Ooh. or lemonade. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely neither. Wow, that's really, really bad. But I saw it at the store and I hadn't seen Four Loco in a while. And How do doing... college kids drink this well, stuff? Well, this is the new formula, right? Uh, this is the yeah. legal stuff. The, uh, oh, the legal stuff. What was, what, why was that's it illegal so before? It was like it was actually super... Banned energy drink with the super alcohol yeah. now it's just regular but anyway alcohol. i mean for an episode about uh, alcoholics i yeah. yeah drinking truly vile shit is appropriate <laughs> to the right. subject matter. like the kind of stuff that only someone who drinks just to get drunk i drinks. do want to point out that pretty much everybody we're going to talk about is mostly scotch drinker not so much for you know what? but whatever <laughs> yeah we should have we should have cracked the the uh you know a, an have... elegant bottle of something that i don't know I don't... about because it's scotch and i don't well, drink scotch I, don't I had a couple elegant Bottles of uh, bourbon, but, drank them. but I drank all of them. <laughs> ah, I see. And now I just have a pint a of Jack is Daniels. Oh, old number seven. That's close enough. And and yeah, while well, we were drinking it, we could have reflected on the disaster our lives have become. Oh, oh, oh. I'm so sad all the time. <laughs> it is a disaster. Number five. Oh, I'm a washed up old drunk, and I'm only 34. I'm also only 34. Are you a washed-up <laughs> washed 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 drunk? I might be. I might be. <laughs> Deep down. 
uh, by the end of this year, who knows? <laughs> you're just you, the shores are lapping across you. The shores of <laughs> video game podcasting. <laughs> so for everybody scratching their heads who didn't play bully out there, uh, Mr. Galloway was the alcoholic English teacher at <laughs> Bullworth Academy. And he was ironically one of the few positive adult uh, characters in the game. Uh, it's <laughs> Even, him against the world. Yeah. <laughs> Even though one of the last times we see him, he sounds like this. Hey, Mr. Galloway. Go away! I don't want to have another group therapy session with those people. If I have to pretend to be someone's mother one more time, I'll... Oh, hi, Jimmy. <laughs> that is probably one of the last times we see him, right? <laughs> it is. I think, I think that's actually the mission called Galloway. Galloway Away. Right before Mrs. Phillips uh, comes in and whisks uh, him away. Yeah, It's oh. funny, I don't remember him, although I did play Bully. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like the one, well, they're, they're like two nice teachers <laughs> at the school. He's one of them. And he, he was interesting because it's like he, he was friendly Ugh. toward Jimmy when nobody else was. It's <laughs> <is> still gross. <laughs> he, uh, Four Loco, not a hit. He takes an interest <laughs> in, in the main character, and uh, he's, he's just a walking disaster. But he's, he's held up as a, as a positive guy. He's, he's well-intentioned. He's, While being oh. very depressed. <laughs> he's well. held up. English, you see, is a difficult subject to teach. I've tried any number of things to dull the pain. Yoga, meditation, needlepoint, looking at dubious sites on the internet, but nothing dulls the pain like scotch. <laughs> Is that true, Tyler? He's got a Is point. <laughs> he does have a point. Um, you know what? As someone who has taken up needlepoint, I think that's a lie. Uh, <laughs> needlepoint helps dull the pain as long as I'm very drunk while I do it. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Sweet needlepoint. Composes <laughs> the pain. <laughs> Uh, and and drunkenness also eases the pain of needlepoint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just need a shot of needlepoint to ease this whiskey. <laughs> That'd be a good brand. Uh, what makes sense? Uh, Bully is such a good game. It really is, and I and think it's a good game. It, it's it's ironic. Not only is Mr. Galloway uh, staggering drunk again, one of the few positive teachers in the school. He is actually set against a villainous teacher who we know is villainous because he's against the idea of teachers drinking at school. <laughs> Which is wrong. What kind of monster drinks in front of children? A uh, parent? <laughs> That's true. Parents drink in front of their kids all the time. Are they that. bad people? Rockstar. I don't think so. Hitting it so, on the nose. <laughs> that's that's hat trick once again teaching us that just because somebody seems to be on the up and up, it doesn't mean they're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bully! Why why was bully just released and then like there it was? They had the scholarship edition, but I feel like the game just like stuck in where it was released and in that yeah. time period and will never be revisited. And I'm like, well, that's one of Rockstar's best games, yeah. in my opinion. It's really fun. It was kind of like this, more. this weird little cult hit. And, and I think part of the problem with it was before release, there was enormous hysteria built up around this idea that you were going to play as a bully and you were it was going to be a school shooting it. simulator and oh, you were going to kill kids. It was going to be like Grand Theft Auto, but in a school. <laughs> and, uh, and I would have played that too. However, <laughs> mm -hmm. this was not that. <laughs> and then it came out and like some of the tech guys, I remember when I was playing it for review, were crowding around my desk and, and being like, oh, so is this bully? Is it, can you shoot that kid? Can you steal that car? Like they, they were like seriously disappointed that it wasn't <laughs> all these things yeah. that people... <laughs> People were fear mongering about, uh, and I think I think a lot of the gaming public like just realized like, oh, it's not ultra violent. I can't just pretend I'm shooting the bullies at my school. Well, who cares then? 
But it's great because you can beat up an entire football team by yourself. Right. Which awesome. I think is a pretty... Maybe, maybe you're a little bit overpowered in that, actually. <laughs> Um, but well, I did love doing that. You do beat up an entire football yeah. team. The, the only I always people, wanted to do that. Yeah, bully so OP, yeah. right? The only people <laughs> who are really a consistent threat are the people who are somehow in a position of authority. So, like, when they grab you, they, they don't just slam you or whatever. They actually... Right. Uh, yeah, I guess arrest you, sort of? Yeah, they. I know it's a funny way to represent, like, the schoolyard power structure where it's like the characters you can actually get into a fist fight with aren't really the threat even though you can beat up a whole football team if an adult <laughs> grabs you you become quote in trouble yeah and now it's all over and it's funny there's this whole power struggle going on in the school but at any time an adult can like stop it and yeah. that's i don't know like it, it, there's so much cleverness in that game and i just i really wish it hadn't just happened and then been kind of forgotten about and one of the things i loved about bully is you you know everybody thought you'd be playing as a bully and you're playing as a tough kid but you're not really a bully you're it's picked that, on it's yeah. that you are the only kid in school who's not a bully yeah. like literally everybody else is just a horrible horrible person yeah and, and is you- constantly vying for power and like you think you're doing something good but like maybe giving the nerds a hand against the jock click, but then the second you do that, the nerds are going to, you know, get their yeah. heads inflated and decide that they're in charge, and then you have to take them down a peg. Nerds. Yeah, it is, it is all about <laughs> balancing the, the this giant power struggle. Like, you uh-huh. help one group, and then you go, crap, and you have to go help the other group. What was it? It was, it was totally stereotypical. It was nerds, jocks, preps, and greasers. Yeah. <laughs> greasers? We yeah. had no greasers. greasers at my school, Well, so. it's, it's worth pointing out, even uh, disregarding Galloway's uh, reference to the internet, that the, the game has a very strong, like, 1960s boarding school kind of feel. It really does, like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. I think, very much influenced by things like Catcher in the Rye, uh, and it has that sort of. They were a bunch of phonies. <laughs> they were. <laughs> everybody there is a phony. Absolute phonies. You okay, sir? Ah, uh, Jimmy. No, I'm not okay. I'm half drunk and I'm about to get fired. Fantastic. Everybody's a phony that is, except for Mr. Galloway, yeah. who pretty he much wears his horribleness on, on his sleeve. <laughs> Although, hey, I don't know if I've ever been half drunk. I'm either drunk or not drunk. I think <laughs> he's making buzzed. that up. You're, you're kind of well, buzzed, but unpleasantly so. <laughs> like, I need to drink more for this to work. In the same scene, he goes from calling himself a drunk to, I'm only half drunk, so it's okay, or I'm not drunk at all. So, nah, you know, he, he kind of swaps around, depending no, on who he's I'm talking I'm perfectly to. capable of being around children. I'm totally I'm fine. perfectly capable of drunk. Them. Yeah. He's... I'm perfectly drunkable about uh, of capering around with children. <laughs> I, I'm not a drunk. I'm a drunk able. Let's be politically correct. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Mr. Galloway. Do we have anything else to say about him? I'm late for my regression therapy as it is. It's fantastic. I've discovered I really do hate myself. Good for you. <laughs> but it we takes, love you, Mr. Galloway. It takes most of us years to realize we actually hate ourselves. <laughs> It's it's nice when you finally uh, when you finally know that. Yeah. Mm. Also, like achieving enlightenment. <laughs> it was your dad's fault. Yeah, always. We I can't mean, hear that. Shrug. Nobody yeah, can hear no the giant. Yeah. I shrug. think that was an audible shrug. It was an audible shrug. Lucas says <laughs> it just was. It always was. Uh, Get your free audible shrug by going to audible.com/vga. <laughs> uh, like shrugs on Facebook for a free shrug. audible Twitter shrug. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Number four. Loco. 
Borracho offered only token resistance. He accepted the offer because the defenders of Earthrealm could certainly use his help, but more importantly, because Earthrealm's rice wine put Outworld's liquor to shame. It's everybody's favorite drunken fat ass, Borracho <laughs> from Mortal Kombat. I remember First appeared this in Deadly Alliance. Mm-hmm. He was a bit of a joke. He's not the greatest he fighter. He's absolutely a jokey character. I mean, his attacks are vomiting on people. <laughs> and then he farts on people. And it's just like, that's who his character hey, is. As someone who has both been vomited on and farted on, that's no joke. <laughs> that's a Please bad time. Please tell me it wasn't the same person that farted. Chris Antista, yes. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> that's not a good time. Two hit combo. Same time too. I don't know how both ends hit me at once, but he's very surprisingly. He was flexible. a gymnast. Yes, he was yes. a gymnast. Uh, it's like years of being a gymnast. Yeah. Uh, I'm just sort of imagining the contortion that that would take. To that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just a disgusting. There's a lot Absolutely of disgusting and yeah. twisting, and I don't. Yeah. Want to and think both about went that. right in my face. I don't know. It must have been really hard. Uh, Gross. Yeah, please don't draw that, anybody. Uh, well, now that you said it. Oh, uh, please don't draw, ma- draw that and then write a song and rap it. Oh, totally rap a song about rap something about that. I love that. Just put it on YouTube Chris and animate it. A real graphic time. with the description. Wow. This is about Bo Rai Cho from Mortal oh, Kombat, right. everybody. Bo Rai Cho from Mortal Kombat. He pukes yes. and farts. Yeah, he's he's like Liu Kang's master, actually. And, and is he? Yeah. Oh my he is, God. yes. He yeah. trained them both, and he's apparently immortal and invented drunken boxing. Yes, his <laughs> style of fighting is of the drunken fist. I believe fist. Jackie Chan invented that. <sighs> yes. Drunken no, it was Bo Raicho. <laughs> it was a fat dude from Outworld. <laughs> And he sway like he sways around the whole time he fights. He can never stay still. Mm. When he pauses, you can hear the liquor in the little thing he carries on his back oh. moving around. Nice. Yes. You sure it's not just sloshing around in his empty stomach? Well, he carries a thing of it on his back. Oh, that's true. He does, oh, and he man. drinks from it. And, and he then, drinks from it periodically. And he pukes on the floor, and it creates a slippery puddle that the other fighters comically. Slipping like a banana peel. It's a very, very comical character. And this is why Mortal Kombat never became a competitive (laughs) fighting game. Yes, it's it's fighters could be tripped up by a freshly mopped floor. He was only in like what three of the games? Two, three. Uh, Yeah, I think it was uh, Deadly Alliance, uh, Deception, Deception and and Armageddon. There should be a counter where you throw down sawdust or or like (laughs) some like some like theme park janitor comes by and takes care of it. I remember it was like oatmeal colored, which doesn't really seem like What's a typical kind of vomit. Greenish, greenish yellow. I guess. It should it's just really be nasty. bile, because I like assume he's green. drinking <laughs> on an empty yeah. stomach. I right? seem to remember he and uh, reptile both had vomit attacks. Yeah, well, rep- reptiles is is like neon green, and his right. is like this weird. And it's actually like, corrosive. Yeah. Acid spit. Yeah. yeah bl- uh, bile. It's so, bile. <laughs> did anybody actually ever want to play as Bo Raicho Never. For more than like one round, just <laughs> no. to see how he was. No. No. Yeah, no, that's the correct answer. He's a novelty was, character. Yeah, he was absolutely a novelty character. And he was just playing him was... Mortal Kombat is already kind of a goofy game and that it's so over-the-top violent. But he was just goofy in a whole nother way. Like slapsticky. Yeah, yeah. very slap... Well, obviously. I mean, his whole his whole thing is based around him being super drunk all the time. And yet somehow still being a really good fighter. He's he's a he's a very kicky person, 
Like a lot of it, his his style is drunken fist, but he does a lot of kicking. Like he'll just f- flip one leg out and hit people. Right. No, I'm, don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. uh, to bring it back to the original Drunken Master, one of my favorite movies ever. Great <laughs> movie. I totally would have played him if he were that kind of drunken boxer who, like, where they didn't make it a gimmick of like throwing up and, oh, no, and stuff. If good. if he were just like a guy who got better at fighting the more he drank, that's a that's a cool concept. I would play yeah. that. But he's such a slap. He's he's. The Three Stooges of Mortal Kombat, it's not... And it doesn't... I don't think that works. Right, right now, there are genuine fighting game fans who are wondering why we didn't pick, say, Shundi or any of the other drunken fighters. Hmm. I think because in their case, like the drunken... The drunkenness is more part of their character, whereas right. with this guy, it's, it's his entire everything. character. <laughs> he's, he's such <laughs> an alcoholic. He's, he he's not a good character yeah, in the he's, game. He's That's not only, how bad of a drunk he's he is. not only a drunken master, he's fucking gross. He, did. So <laughs> gross. He, he drank himself into being the outcast among Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> yes. That's it's impressive. It's funny that he's, like, all the other drunk people on our list are mildly attractive. Mm-hmm. He is not at all. He's oh. fat and gross and vomits. He's just totally it's incompetent really as a human being. What cinched it for me, including him, was uh, something I read on TV Tropes, and I cannot believe I didn't catch this myself. Somebody pointed out his name is a play on the Spanish word borracho, which means drunk. Oh. That's a winner. Oh, so his name is literally drunk. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So therefore, he's number four. What's up? Oh, and he has a really gross fatality. Oh, oh, that was a wet one. The Rachel wins. Fatality. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Let your imagination work on what it could be. Oh, it's really gross, guys. Uh, yes, hello. You you hired a Foley artist. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hi. <laughs> so what we need is something that just kind of sounds like someone's stomach ripping open and flapping as as gas what? rip. Kind of a... You know, what you're really trying to illustrate is, wet noise. Yeah, is a man uh, lighting a fart, but lethally. <laughs> so, you know, we have some tinfoil here and some pieces of plastic. Uh, You're going to have to make do with what, what you can got. Can you see what you can get? <laughs> I, I, no. I, I, I went to college. <laughs> I actually studied this. <laughs> Poor hypothetical foley artist. Uh, hypothetical foley artist is so sad he's going to go home and drink a bunch of bourbon. I'm going to drink a bunch of Four loco. Oh, God, it's so oh, gross. Man. I can't. I'm going to refill you. Just no, because. don't. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Some more for you. Oh, it's so gross. Really God, it's like Satan fucked an orange. Ugh, it doesn't even taste like orange. <laughs> and it's not supposed to, so why would that even be a flavor that we recognize in it? Mm. All right, it tastes like Satan stuck his dick into a bottle of orange crush. I remind that. you. Okay, actually, that... that I, this, I can uh, see that, yeah. This disgusting crap is cranberry lemonade. Cran- uh, it doesn't taste like either of those. No. Uh, it it ta- looks like Hawaiian I mean, punch, though. It does it, taste it like it has that sort of unpleasant tang that cranberries have as an aftertaste. Mm, a bit of tartness, but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not tasting the cranberries or the. Why do people drink? What this? was the other thing? Lemonade. <laughs> yeah, it does no. taste like 12 percent alcohol. 
It does a little, yeah. Provolone. Yeah, it tastes like somebody poured orange cough syrup into orange crush. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> Apparently, they ID as well. Yeah, it also says we ID on no, it. No, they don't. The can <laughs> is not ID. Don't. Who is who is we? Because you're speaking for a lot the people of people who make four loco just show up. Hey. Yep. Let me I, see that ID. I think that's a reminder to board clerks at 3 a.m. It's like, oh, this person's buying liquor, oh, not a soda. I'd better card right. them. Yeah. Because I'm a I'm a 50-something mom, and I don't I, know what Four Loco is. I also like how Four Loco got accused of marketing to kids with fruity flavors and a colorful design. And the design of this can is literally camouflage, it's colorful camouflage. Camo. Yeah. It's I've not, it, it, you know, there it's, hey, it's now like it's it, marketing to weird soldiers in fiery deserts. I, I just imagine them defending it. It's, it, it's not alcohol camouflage, it's a fruit drink. Uh, sir, the uh, design on the can is it camouflage. Literally camo. Uh-huh. Literally camouflage. No, that is that what that is? I just thought it was a nice pattern. Anyway, video games for video, video games. Number three. Serrano hung us all out to dry. I dry no more. No, you're drunk again. Yes, wife, I am drunk again. I'll come over here so I can hit you. <laughs> Grayson Hunt, a.k.a. Talking to Ishii. A.k.a. Spike kind of sound from like Max Payne, a.k.a. also well, Spike it's, from it's Cowboy. Spike it's Google? Jeff mm-hmm. Bloom, so I think that is, is it, who does mm-hmm. Spike's Jeff voice. Jeff Bloom or Steve Bloom? Steve, Steve. Steve Bloom. I'm fucking up names all over the place Man, here. You've, you've I had don't, too much for local. I have not <laughs> had sips. that much. I'm trying it's to really cover gross. for you here. Oh, I'm so drunk right now, guys. <laughs> so, anyway, that's uh, Grayson Hunt, Hunt, who is uh, from Bulletstorm. A very fun game. Great game. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Yep. And he is a raging alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. Among a ton of other things. He's depraved. He's an alcoholic. He's a little full of himself. You can put and he raging. Has a, he has way too much fun with toys. In front of all of them. <laughs> raging, all those things. Yes. I don't think he has a problem with depression, like a lot of other people on this list. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about a good time for him. Yeah. For Chris. I think he's just a fan of drinking everything all the time. And don't you get bonus points if you actually imbibe the alcohol? You do. Shooting? You actually yes. get points for drinking a bunch getting really drunk so your screen starts to get blurry and stuff and then killing people while you're super drunk. <laughs> oh my god, this is like why has Fox not picked up on this? <laughs> you get game points for drinking and then killing people. Well, Fox already picked up on it and they Bullet said, storm. this game glorifies rape! <laughs> oh yeah, of course it does. <laughs> because I think that? I don't know. I, I think maybe one of the characters says it at some point. I know point. Serrano threatens or, to rape everyone. <laughs> or there's like an achievement for shooting things up dudes' asses. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's just fun. All right. It does. Please. All right. That's fair, hilarious. All right. Fair enough, Fox. It does do that. Okay. Yeah. You fair got enough. It. You got it. You are raping people <laughs> with grenades. All right. And your foot. And it's played for laughs. Right. You No, you got it. A game called Bulletstorm is a little bit insensitive. I, mm-hmm. Right then for mature. <laughs> Never so. would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. For mature. That's right. yeah, is, that means that it's art. mature <laughs> subject matter for mature adults who are sophisticated <laughs> and drink things that are not for loco. Bulletstorm was also on our very first episode. <laughs> That's where true. we talked about creative swears. sweariest games. And this game, <laughs> yeah, that is definitely oh up boy, there. this has a lot of swearies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any booze left on this ship? Nope. But there is paint thinner in the storage bay. Oh, I love getting fucked up on paint thinner. Yeah, you know he'd do it. 
Probably. <laughs> he would. If he got him desperate enough. And pretty much everyone else on that ship except Ishii. Mm. <laughs> this is kind of like one of the few sad drunk characters that never grows a beard. I just want he to point that out. He doesn't have a beard. He does have like permanent stubble. Yeah, that's true. He's, yeah. he's got a but, rich you know, stubble. But yeah. that's, that's like macho action hero permanent stubble. It's not right. drunken true. waste pirate permanent Right, because that's what happens. Because, you know, when they really get drinking, well, they just they, they forget about hygiene and they stop shaving. <laughs> and uh-huh. having a beard, Michael, means you're disgusting. I think we talked about this last <laughs> and week. Just, and just don't care about yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like your beard, Michael. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I well, like your beard, too. Also, kids, heavy drinking uh, ups your testosterone level and lets you grow a thick, lustrous beard like mine. <laughs> Is that true? No. No. No, it's, that's <laughs> probably the opposite of what happens. But, you know, when, when people say it'll put hair on your chest, uh, it's not true. That's it'll put heroin in your veins. <laughs> <laughs> it might do that. No, Eventually. For loco, mate. It's, it's a gateway booze. <laughs> But Man. yeah, like you pointed out, Lucas, uh, booze does factor into gameplay to a certain degree, and you're kind of uh, pushed in two different directions. It's almost a moral choice by two different characters, one of whom encourages you. Here, have another drink, Gray. It'll help your aim. Please, please, please! And another who discourages you. If you even look at a bottle, I'm going to skin you alive. Oh, that must be one of the 12 steps. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So there, there are bottles scattered throughout the game. You can take a swig of them or you can shoot them. Uh, and, and I think there's, there might be an achievement for doing it all one way or the other. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not sure what it was because I drank all of them. <laughs> and you, you do get an achievement when you drink all of them, so... Well, I think you get an achievement for when you drink 10 and then... I guess what they're trying to teach you is that, you know, either way, it's an achievement. And it's a Mm -hmm. choice. It's a choice. Give up drinking. Good job. You get your your coin, whatever. Get your gamer score. Uh, Become uh, a hardcore alcoholic. Drink. will be in awe. Drink Uh, everything you see. Hey. We're all pretty impressed that you managed to drink every <laughs> bottle of booze you saw. We'll be, we'll be more impressed if cool. you don't confuse the pool table with the toilet. <laughs> right. But we would understand if you did, because that's a lot of drinking. You've been drinking pretty heavily since you started this game. So, <laughs> right. you know, good job. Uh, At least you're not dead. That's impressive, because yep. that was a lot of drinks. Also, by the way, I'm constantly LARPing all of these characters. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, that explains it. Wow, you are dedicated. When I'm drinking. Ah, <laughs> so that's, that's part of your you are very Grace rarely, and Hunt cosplay. You're very yeah. rarely drinking at work, though. Ah, uh, true, that's but out of rarely, key word, mm-hmm. not never. <laughs> Sometimes it's they okay. They do have happy hours. Uh, those were the days. <laughs> All right, are we we done with him? We We have have one more sound effect that actually doesn't have anything to do with the drinking, but definitely does call back to our last episode, if you are listening, all about romances. You want to make out? Just two gruff, military-hardened dudes sitting in an elevator, snuggling out their woes in a totally hetero way. Ah, that's a nervous chuckle. Either your human side gets the joke, or your computer side likes the way I look in these pants. <laughs> or a little of both, perhaps. Oh, <laughs> saucy minx. <laughs> I think I want to write a slash fiction now between <laughs> Grayson and Ishii. Bromo-eroticism. <laughs> that was all really well delivered, except for the last line, which really felt like an anime dub. 
Or a little of both, perhaps. Well, he's a anyway. robot, or he's <laughs> yeah, part robot. That's his excuse. That's his no, thing. That's, that's why he excuse. sounds like anime. Ha. Ah. Ah. It's all great. You'll take it. It's all great. Nope. <laughs> it's all good. Stop Sorry, it. Sorry, we're, <laughs> we're delving into, we're degenerating into uh, synonyms. Lucas and I have a problem with repeating You do synonyms. have a problem. Tell us There's more. a program. No. I don't, don't think you want to open that Pandora's no, box. No, I guess I don't. If you I want to know what it is, go listen to, to old episodes of PC Gamers Podcast. No, did we even do it on the, I no. think we were too I don't know, camera we, shy. We used to do it in meetings when we were <laughs> bored because <laughs> that we had a lot of meetings. <laughs> what I'll, is it that you do I'll exactly? open this box. No. It, just explain it to the listeners so they're not completely lost in our stupid injo. I'm going to drink Morpho Loco while you do this. It all started, and, and Lucas and I haven't been able to interact as proper, normal people <laughs> since it started. <laughs> It started at a meeting where we were pretending to not be able to hear each other, and we started like going back and forth with like different ways to say, uh, "I'm sorry, uh, come again." Uh, didn't quite catch that. Pardon me, just back up one second. Could you rewind, play that back to me? Didn't hear what you said. <laughs> and then that we did that for like an hour. And then that turned into like a different because like, it's funny to us. And then is, that turned into every conversation they've ever had together. <laughs> and you since were, then, you were presumably collecting a salary during the hour. Yes. Ah, I see. And, and all the time at work after that, when we talked, it would be like, uh, uh, "Do you want to touch bases? Let's uh, take five. Ugh. You know what? I'm going to ping you. Over. I'm going to ping you on that one. And uh, <laughs> so now, now that's the only way we converse. And we're trying not to do that in this podcast. So you know, we're doing. Maybe we we're doing. Good we're job. really sorry if we do. Maybe it's just the horrifying teen booze. But I'm just reading uh, double entendres into everything you're saying right now. <laughs> Touching bases. Come on. <laughs> hey. Let's go touch base. In the so you're story. saying, Michael, that there's a subtext. Yes. A uh, bit of a read between these lines. Uh, read between the lines. You're, okay, you know, see, we're gonna start doing this, and it's, it's I'm gonna start just vomiting. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vomit. All right, moving on. Oh, moving on. You're gonna keep it going. Hey, <laughs> you're within slapping distance. Uh, next topic. Number two. That's me, Ethan Thomas, drunk, tired, and pissed off. That That's is right. you, Ethan Thomas. Like Ethan he Thomas. Life, he it? was drunk, broken down, and pissed off before it was cool. <laughs> you know, a lot of people might not actually know who Ethan Thomas is. He is from Condemned. Yes. And this iteration of him is specifically Criminal from origins. Condemned 2. Where he is a raging, depressed alcoholic. Yeah. Is it because of the events of the first game that he's yes. so depressed? Yes. Yes, it is. You know what? The Condemned He saw games? a lot of things. He did. He saw they things. They were pretty man. good. Stuff. They were really good. <laughs> they were pretty good yeah. and pretty fucked up. Kind yeah. of forgotten, but yeah. good. And the second one had that fucking bear, which was terrifying. Oh, that goddamn bear. Absolutely fucking terrifying. Ugh. Now, I feel like the mannequins are still scarier than the bear. Because the bear is like... are way scarier because I am far more afraid of mannequins coming to life than I am and, of like, bears. Sneaking yeah. up on you. Right. And a bear, yes. it's like, oh, you're going to eat me. But the mannequins okay. were just people wearing mannequin costumes. But oh. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because bears... I know that they will probably kill me. Right. <laughs> mannequins or people dressed mm. like mannequins are just fucking freaky. You also know how a bear is going to kill you. I'm going to get mauled. I'm going to get mauled. Mannequin knows what that thing's going to do. <laughs> I it don't might know. just envelop your head it's somehow. It's fucking terrifying. Those <laughs> are the worst. I would be an alcoholic if I had to look at those things too. Which Condemned had a level in a doll factory? Am I thinking that was, the right two. That was two. That was two, that was two. Okay. with exploding dolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, creepy. You know, we picked Ethan for this specifically because oh. not only is he a sad, depressed drunk, but 
uh, booze is actually a gameplay mechanic where you can drink in order to steady your aim. Which is actually the opposite of how the drinking mechanic is used in most games, because mm-hmm. usually it'll make the person a slurring, hazy mess, whereas in this game, it steadies his nerves, it steadies yeah. his aim, it makes him think clearer. That's because in most games, you're getting drunk, whereas in this game, you're an alcoholic, and you're <laughs> uh, getting your fix. You're getting yes. better. It calms you down slightly. It makes him That makes eases him your DTs. <laughs> And he has... Um, I wish there was like a DT meter. <laughs> he has things that... It, it's not entirely clear whether it's hallucinations or actual encounters with supernatural things. But one of them is an actual demon of alcoholism. It's an actual alcohol demon. <laughs> Drink. It's what you do. It's who you are. Shut up. It's not there anymore. And the music stopped. <laughs> uh, that means the hallucination is. The been... music stopped, and then his liquor tra- turned into some black sludge. Yeah. And You've got to confront gross. it, man. You just gotta, you just gotta tell it go away. I don't need you. <laughs> yes, you do. And I haven't <laughs> confession. I haven't really played that far into Condemned Two, but uh, I think he he actually fights it like while he's in a cat scanner or something. And uh, but that—that's how he overcomes. Scanner, but you do end up fighting that thing. Yeah, that's how like, he overcomes with his fists? alcoholism with his mind. Yes, he Probably. fights it with his mind powers. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great? His drunk if, like, mind powers. <laughs> all of our metaphorical demons, like the way to beat them was they attack us literally, and we have to just phys- defeat them in a physical the, the, competition. The way to defeat alcoholism was to <laughs> sidestep it when it charges and yes. then stun it in the back with a yeah, shotgun yes, blast. that fight really was all about timing. Also. That would be great. <laughs> it's like, you know, it wasn't like real work on yourself. It was just like, well, sidestep here and, uh, you know, attack when oh, it's look, vulnerable. I have no urge to drink anymore. I attacked That's when it was so vulnerable. Weird. Of course, I've played video games before. I know how to defeat alcoholism. Yeah, I can <laughs> overcome the demon of sloth just by lobbing the same bomb at it three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. now I'm more efficient at work. Video games make even very, very difficult to overcome problems so much fun. It sounds like a self-help mm-hmm. book in the making. Targeted really at gamers. The video g- the, the gamer's guide <laughs> to beating... To- Anything. Personal demon to beating anything, (laughs) to taking charge of your life. Just press. Uh, Have you guys ever played Dante's Inferno? Hello, (laughs) you fight every sin. That's true. See, and Satan, you fight Satan. My God, yeah, who's like half frozen in a in a giant lake at the center of hell. So so naked. (laughs) He's so naked. So naked. Oh God. But if you're playing these heathen games, hasn't Satan already won? At the, at the end, you shouldn't yes. get an achievement because you're just like, Satan won because you played this game. Can you really defeat Satan by using evil against him? No. You have to love Satan. Only by doing that can you defeat him. You can't fight evil with evil. That's true. You have to fight evil with love? That's a terrible idea. Evil will destroy love. Anyway, destroy this guy's anyway, real drunk. Ethan Thomas, nobody thinks very highly of him. Oh, there are some people who think maybe... Maybe he's not such a fuck-up. Nevertheless, he resigned from the agency shortly after and basically disappeared. Probably passed out in some gutter. Unlikely. A man like that doesn't just lie down quietly. 
Except that he totally does. Yeah, cut to scene of him like hanging over a bar with drinks in front of him. <laughs> also, <laughs> that guy lying I'm, there quietly. I'm gruff, but I'm kind of scared about what I'm saying. No, a man, guy like that, that would never he, lie down uh, quietly. All right, He's our last hope. A boy I'm, like that, uh, kill your brother. <laughs> Give up that boy and find another. <laughs> he really sounds like he's scared of what he's saying, but he's also trying to sound tough about it. Ah, yeah, that guy. Ah. <laughs> That's my impression of him. Thank you. I'll be here Spot on. Really good. for the rest of my life. <laughs> Thank you. Bravo. That was yes. nice. Whoa. I've been sitting at the bar for three hours or about five years, depending on how you looked at things. I tried not to look at things. Oh, Max Payne, you are everyone's favorite alcoholic. God, so like me. Especially in Max Payne 3 when, when like, he's super, super, super alcoholic. alcoholic where it's like man. underlined as a serious problem early on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. People complained about Max in that game. Uh, Why? I, I think I, I all of his alcoholism is, is rightful. I'm <laughs> like, saying I mean, like... He wasn't true to the, but I'm like, no, he's super true to the original. Yeah, he's if just you follow the even worse than the originals because his whole if you follow dead, the arc of the first dead. two games, like this is where he would end up yeah. after everything he's had to go through. <laughs> he's he's, well, I mean, like in the words he would use, I wasn't at rock bottom. I was below rocks. There was a rock on top. He, he like he's he's <laughs> and really I was good. screaming more weight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was piling them on myself. <laughs> Whiskey on the rocks, and then he orders that, and that's the oh uh, yeah ties it all together. Why aren't why don't I work for Rockstar? I could be writing this shit. <laughs> just yeah, just being a cop would probably turn me into an alcoholic. He's a cop who had his whole family murdered, and then his girlfriend murdered, and then all this other shit. He's been shot. A ton of times, I would I would be. Jumped I would, the well, air. I mean, he I would lives on painkillers and no sleep. I would have killed yeah. myself. He makes jokes I mean, he about was, killing himself. He was already all the time. A, an addict. Uh, yeah, with the painkillers mm-hmm. um, slash game mechanic addict. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Mona Sachs in Max Payne Two. What a catch! Didn't go so well for him. <laughs> Too bad she all. caught a bullet. Oh, <laughs> boy. So that so that is at the bottom, you know, like, I love those cutscenes in Max Payne 3 where he's just getting trashed and, like... <laughs> there are a lot of them. There sure are, because he's reminiscing about all this stuff that happened, and while he's doing that, he's constantly getting wasted. Can you give me work sitting in a bar feeling sorry for myself? Where do I sign up? That would be a great gig. Yeah, but he he is sort of given a, a, a ray of hope in the form of Raul Passos, who's his partner uh, in in Max Payne Three, and who is oddly tolerant of his drinking. At least his his very rich employers are, for whatever reason. They like having a bodyguard who's just drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah, they give him kind of a hard time for being at the bar while he's supposed to be being a bodyguard, yeah, but kind of a hard time. But you. Get but they're the kind of ribbing him too. Yeah, it's not really a big deal that he's <laughs> drinking on the yeah, job. Yeah. Case in point. How's the cocktail? Scotch. I never mix my drinks. Yeah, at least not on duty. Something like that. Uh, at least not on yeah. duty. I'm digging but that it's music okay for him to drink, yeah. uh, drink scotch yeah. on the job. And even after the shit hits the fan, it's still kind of like, Oh, Max, you're being so naughty. Yeah, what were you drinking? Bet your ass I was. You try staying in there for five minutes sober. 
Okay, well, maybe try not to drink so much next time, maybe huh? Maybe don't do that. He, you by silly the way, goose. is an old bastard, so by in there, he's referring to a club with loud music. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kids. Loud electronica, specifically. Yeah. He doesn't like it. He's way too old school. This kind of place made me want to puke. I needed a real drink to deal with the electronic music and the robotic people. <laughs> I've never gone into a club and said I, these I, look like robotic. No, people. I love that line because it sounds robotic weird and forced, mm-hmm. but it's to me it's so Max Payne like he <laughs> he almost like can't film noir these people and he almost like sounds upset that he can't describe <laughs> what the hell he's seeing cuz like this doesn't fit in. This wasn't a scene in Chinatown. I don't <laughs> know how to say this. Well, it's also, oh, yeah. he doesn't want to be there. He's dragged yeah. there by his ultra-wealthy employers, and uh, he's, he he's just... the whole way there. He's miserable, and so he does, he copes the only way he knows how, which is to get drunk while he's on the clock. <laughs> what a brilliant man. Mm-hmm. But there, <laughs> it, this, it deserves mention, you spend a lot of time watching him hit rock bottom and just sort of stay yes. there and wallow and make snow angels on the rocks. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's kind of disgusting, actually. Yeah, it's tough. Back home, it was time for some R&R, the only way I knew how. <laughs> that is as he's ingesting oh, nice. a bunch of pills, drinking a whole bottle of scotch, and then mm-hmm. throwing up all over the place. Yeah. Also, that makes me realize Max does a lot of things the only way he knew how. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is usually getting drunk. He's just like, I had to babysit my nephew. The I only did it. way I knew the how. The only way I knew how. And he's like, pounding a bottle of scotch. <laughs> and, and, some the the and then the kid drowned in the pool, like in all those weed mm-hmm. commercials we used to see. <laughs> I think after that scene, uh, Raul Passos comes and wakes him up the next day. He's like, hey, come on, Max, we gotta work. And so he's like, oh, okay, just let me put on a shirt. Uh, I don't need a shower. Just- in fact, there's one part in the game where he passes out drunk and Everybody he's protecting is gone or murdered. <laughs> he's on a boat, and this is right at the beginning of the game. No spoiler. Uh, well, it kind of starts at the beginning, but yeah, he actually passes out drunk, and like everybody is dead. And it's terrible. And he's even after that scene, he's, he's not convinced he has a problem. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't ever like black out mid shoot dodge. Yeah. Like just, lunge forward into bullets and then just like. <laughs> Considering how often he's uh, drunk when he gets into a firefight, yeah, yeah, that's really surprising. And also considering that I've like dived down an entire like level of bleachers as him, you think the blood <laughs> would rush out of his head, especially considering he's wasted the whole time. But no, he just uh, ducks and rolls, and he's yeah. okay. Also, he's fat in this one. What have I got to lose? Apart from the weight. Very funny. Ha-ha. Yes, that is a fake laugh, you jerk. That's also his real laugh, though. Ha-ha. Max, who are you talking to? Ha-ha. You're drunk. Go home. Go home. You're so drunk. You're still self-narrating? Max, we talked about this. I'm a therapist now. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said, I didn't listen to a word he was saying. Yeah. Max, you're doing it again. You're talking okay? out loud right now, actually. Max? You should stop doing that. Max, you are making so much progress in group. We need to talk about the self-narration a little more. <laughs> he kept talking. His first person is broken. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't working. 
as soon as I got home, I was going to pop open another bottle. Max, <laughs> I can hear everything you're saying right That's now. That's a Deadpool reference. Oh, wait. No one got it. This is a third-person shooter. Max passed out drunk on the floor again, naked. <laughs> Max, that doesn't help. You're paying for these sessions. <laughs> Don't you want to get anything out of it? Max didn't want to get anything out of it. Max was feeling pouty. I liked first person better if you have to. <laughs> it's weird. Stop referring to yourself like that. He said. Oh, Max Payne. You are amazing. That was a good game. And again, another one yeah. on this list, strangely, that I feel like kind of came and went with people going, oh, cool, new Max Payne, and then mm-hmm. done. I'm like, yeah, what's no, I that? thought that was really good. I gave it a <laughs> yeah. really good score. And I, I, and I actually had pretty good multiplayer. Yeah, the multiplayer was a... Like, and I, I said that almost like it was a question. It. They had pretty good multiplayer. <laughs> Max's voice never goes that high. The mode where you um, this multiplayer was pretty good. The mode where like the first kill (laughs) makes you max, and the second kill makes the other person passes. Yeah, yeah. Trade up. That's fun. I didn't totally love all the multiplayer, but didn't you? What kind of a Max Payne fan are you? (laughs) I tried playing with other people, but (laughs) I don't don't play play well well with others. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There it is. It's really a solo experience, is what I'm saying. <laughs> just like Max's alcoholism. <laughs> it's just him in a Hoboken bar. <sighs> I think we got one more sound from him. Sure, trouble finds us the same way you found me. Slumped in a bar, drunk on self-pity. Uh, I don't think you can actually get drunk on self-pity. Is that how trouble finds uh, people? In or? the following mm-hmm. scene, which is a flashback, yes, that's how trouble finds him. <laughs> The trouble that drives him from Hoboken, <laughs> New Man. Jersey. Who really wants to be in New Jersey anyway? Yeah, well, you know, it really takes something major to drive somebody out of Hoboken, <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah, that's const- true. He constantly references back to God. I'm so glad I'm not in Jersey anymore. <laughs> uh, I wish I could be anything but miserable in this sunny paradise. If any, if any drink could be re-labeled. hanging out with millionaires, I think Four Loco could be called self pity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting drunk on self-pity. With or the Four the Loco, as they call it. No, the people who drink Four Loco are not getting drunk on self-pity. They're getting drunk on something cheap that will also keep them awake. Because mm. they are s- frat boys. Uppers and downers. Or mothers. Screamers, laughers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got that. Yay. Hey, fear and loathing. Mm. You know what I love is... I don't. I can't remember if Max Payne Three has it, but the sound effect, because of course he's a pill addict too, mm-hmm. not yes. just alcohol. Yeah. But in one and two, like the sound effect when you took a bottle of pills wasn't him opening them, or it was like a cr- it was a crunching sound of him eating, eating all the pills them. at once. <laughs> you just you just like when you use a pill bottle, it's just. <laughs> and I always thought that was funny. Like he's just chewing all those yeah. painkillers. That's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing you only see in like Max Payne and movies, where somebody just takes an entire bottle of like prescription painkillers <laughs> and just like dumps a random amount into their mouth and starts chewing. Yeah, like no, sugar you can't. Pills. <laughs> One so tasty. You would vomit. Oh, you cannot no, just no. chew on painkillers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two, then later you would die because you just took that many painkillers. <laughs> I, I want to die. believe. <laughs> I want to believe. The pills would numb the pain. pain. That's actually a line. Yeah. So that's actually how people attempt suicide: eating an entire bottle of painkillers. Uh-huh. He does it for fun. Yeah, good times. Well, what you don't like see smack. is where he's being fed charcoal afterward mm. and taken to the yard to have his stomach yeah. pumped. 
Remember in, in the first game, it happens during the loading screens. <laughs> He's constantly really weird loading pump. screen. <laughs> yeah. In in the first game, when he gets injected with Valkyrie or whatever, and that's kind of like his his rock bottom. I remember thinking that like this is an impossible situation that no human could survive. He's he's hasn't slept in days. He's eaten yeah. probably twice his weight in painkillers, <laughs> and on top of that, he's gotten this lethal dose of this drug. And somehow he wakes up from that. He'll be fine. <laughs> Max Payne is a Come on, he's Marky help. Mark Wahlberg. He'll Good be fine. Point. Good point. <laughs> Marky sorry. Mark Wahlberg can survive anything, God. even that shitty, shitty movie. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> uh, that funky bunch is not so funky anymore. But I will say that Max Payne 3 did do away with some stuff I liked about Max Payne. The dream sequences, annoying as they were, I just they were cool. Hmm. And, and, and it... You know, it wasn't quite the same. Like Max Payne one and two were about a otherwise noble cop who, like, was so angry and was trying to fix things, and, and everything went wrong for him. Whereas Max Payne three is about a total fucking asshole who's just a <laughs> shithead and well, like, but it doesn't know right from wrong. And say, there's a I redemptive would know right there. from wrong if it wait how's the line? Never mind. If one of them was helping the poor and the other was, was banging, banging my sister, sister. that's mm-hmm. it. There, there is a redemptive arc there, yeah, I think. And, that, you know, you're does. seeing this character at his absolute lowest after all the shit he's had to put up with. And, again, he goes into a situation that is, like, there's no coming back from that. You just yeah. killed an entire police station full of cops. There's no way you're walking <laughs> away from this stuff free. <laughs> but... I mean, he did do that. He did that. But they were corrupt cops, so it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm almost, I almost appreciate that Rockstar did that rather than like, here's what you guys want. The same Max Payne you remember from 10 years ago. They, or how long ago was it? Uh, about that. But they gave us like, no, here's the logical continuation of the story. And that, mm-hmm. that's kind of risky. Giving people the logical continuation of a story is kind of risky because usually they want, I just want the same thing that I remember. Yeah, I feel like if they had made him anything other than an aging addict, it just wouldn't have been a real character. I don't know. I mean, if you would have taken the character that he was when he started too, I I think they did a good job. I don't even Mm -hmm. think he was the right character when he started too. He should have been "Ah, more shape. My my family's still dead, but whatevs. (laughs) Well, in two, it was like, I think I've got my life back together, and then his life comes crashing apart. Through the course of the game. And then that's yeah. the the last straw. Now now he's fucking depressed all mm-hmm. the time, getting I'm not drunk even on self pity anymore. Remedy clearly had I mean uh, something something Antista mentions a lot is a Kurt Vonnegut quote about when, when you're trying to write a short story or, or any story, um like take a character who's an otherwise good guy and do terrible things to him. Re- Remedy really took that. Because like when Max Payne one starts, mm-hmm. like you get a glimpse of this decent guy, and then they just do terrible things to him throughout the course of this entire Horrible series. Stuff. They just oh, kill. Oh no, him. man! I gotta get home to my wife. Oh shit! She's been murdered by drug addicts, and so has my baby. They just they just kill everyone cool. he loves and keep doing <laughs> it. Like even in Max Payne three, like if if he hasn't been betrayed by someone he trusts, they're killed, and it's. Just <laughs> I guess I'll lose myself in my work. Oh, I lost myself in my work because the only partner that knew my identity was killed. Yeah. 
Poor Max Payne. You know what? He might be the only person on this list who has a really good reason to be a filthy alcoholic. That's true. Like, uh, like so much terrible shit's happened to him, more so than any other character. Maybe mm-hmm. Bo Raichel, because if I were that low on the moral <laughs> combat ladder, I'd probably drink too. I don't know. I do feel like Ethan Thomas, after all he's seen, yeah. he probably wants to drown everything out with booze. Are you like, saying that he's seen some shit? He's seen some shit. Yeah, Condemned was like one of the first like really fucked up video games of this generation. <laughs> yeah, and grimy. with Galloway, we don't even know what his story no. is, so we don't know why he's an alcoholic. But t- Thomas like spends half the first game beating up hobos and the other half... <laughs> Interacting with vivisected people who are still alive. <laughs> All right, he can have a drink. <laughs> and, one, and, just one. And Grayson has one. also seen some shit and done some shit, but he's not really drinking because he's depressed. He's, I don't. He's think. drinking because he probably drank a lot when he was younger. He's drinking because he's angry. <laughs> oh, man. Kratos is angry because he's sad. Yes, <laughs> I thought he was angry because he's Kratos. Am I wrong? Well, angry because he's hungry. He might be. Sure. Why not? He can just be like angry. A baby. Hungry, I don't ever hungry, see him eat. All those, the, when you whip out the swords, it kind of looks like a hungry, hungry hippo head. So sure, <laughs> why not? Anyway, I think that's our top five. <laughs> yep, that's um, all I want. We're going yeah. to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some Bioshock. Stay tuned. Okay, party. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Vigigame Apocalypse. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you are, there are a few things you can do that would help us out. Uh, first and foremost, go to iTunes, subscribe to us, rate and review our podcast there. Five stars only, please. We really, really love seeing those five stars. You can also buy stuff through the Amazon links on lasertimepodcast.com, which I should stress doesn't add anything to your order. It just sends a little bit of the money you spend to lasertimepodcast.com to help with our upkeep. You can can buy stuff from our store even by going to store.lasertimepodcast.com. And those shirts and hoodies look so fucking cool. Don't you want to be the coolest kid you know? You do. I should really buy one one of these days. Me too. <laughs> You can you can also do things like comment on our site, post in our forums, tell a friend about us, and if you really really want to support us, you can click the donate button on lasertimepodcast.com. Kick us a little bit of money. Uh, some of you have already done that. We'll and be we thanking you all it so much. We'll be thanking you all individually soon. In make the meantime, sure, make sure when you donate, you say for VGA or for Vigigame Apocalypse, so it comes to us and not uh, any of the other podcasts this isn't on the site. VG Empire Those or podcasts no. all suck. Yeah. <laughs> You Lame. couldn't see the head bob Michael was doing there, but it was beautiful. It was. I am so drunk. <laughs> We're all a little bit drunk when we record this, yes. And now, back to our filthy, stupid show.
All right, welcome back to segment two of our increasingly drinky show. And I just want to make a public service announcement right here. I just went in the bathroom and my pee is black. For loco <laughs> is the devil. <laughs> the devil. Don't drink it. And a viscosity like... As, really? as, I, as I stared down at it, it looked up at me and said, drink. It's what you do. It's mine, what you are. I peed too, and mine was kind of dayglow orange. Uh, <laughs> so black is an interesting... Mm-hmm. Di- I mean, I guess I have that to it's look forward to. I don't you look do. at my pees. <laughs> well, well, you're lucky that way. You don't have to stare down at it. Um, we pee in different ways. an unwelcome turn. <laughs> So anyway, new releases. Uh, the biggest one this yes. week is Other the one we've been urine. we've been waiting all month for, and I in particular have been waiting all month for because I got to play it a while ago, and I haven't been able to talk about it with anybody. <laughs> I imagine that was torturous. Yeah, that's actually the title, and it's. Oh right, I guess the title. Yes. Yeah, Bioshock Infinite. Which Bioshock has been Infinite confirmed for Mac, Army by the way, for this Woo! summer. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. It's coming to Mac. Well, there you go. <laughs> Way to do it, We can all go home, everybody. Video games are over. <laughs> <laughs> because the Bioshock Infinite is coming to Mac. Um, God, hey, guys, this I'm is... so stoked for this game. So, is it that yeah. exciting? No, yes. I'm I guess kidding. The, I'm the, the key question here is, is all the hype justified? Did, did it pay off? on a really amazing game. And I think I speak for both me and Lucas, or Lucas and me, or and I, when I say <laughs> yes. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> that Bioshock Infinite is amazing. Um, I think the story, which I won't spoil here, is absolutely Thank flawless. You. I I really enjoyed it. It takes about, what, 15 hours to get through. See, that's the thing. When I wrapped up... I was at 19 hours. So I was wow. like, wow, Michael must be a better gamer than I. Well, 15 hours is what they told me. I was playing it in kind of a semi-controlled setting and then uh, I went to 2K's office. I had and, Steam uh, on my side, so oh, it timed well. it off. Hmm, nice. But yeah, I, I was just playing it for two days straight, basically. <laughs> Same and here. Then finished Same it here. and uh, started over on hard and, and tried out 1999 mode, which is really fucking hard. Whoa, there's a 1999 mode? There is, and you can unlock it without finishing the game on hard if you put in the Konami code at the title screen. Oh, Ooh. nice. That is a legit tip from your friends here at Vigigame Apocalypse. <laughs> Try it. It works. I love this game more. That's beca- awesome. For two reasons. It uses the Konami code and it has a mode called 1999 mode mm-hmm. that is amazing so yeah <laughs> 1999 mode is basically balls hard and it charges you a shit ton of money every time it balls resurrects hard. you and if you don't have enough money wow. then you don't get i thought 1999 mode would be like things that like shouldn't be popular and won't be in 10 years <laughs> would, would be really popular but <laughs> it's harder <laughs> i get it yeah okay yeah sure uh <laughs> not, not really not really in the spirit of the name 1999 mode but okay mm-hmm. now for the konami coat did you input that just totally on your own michael because that would be crazy no i, w- I was told that by PR. <laughs> If only you just but said, I, I did with confirm it. It does game. work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he can't wait cool. for the Matrix sequels. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're gonna be great. After 1999, <laughs> this is still gonna be right. Back right. when we were still looking forward. To Are the Matrix we recording sequels. this in 1999? Is that your goof, Tyler? No. no. <laughs> Move on, Michael. <laughs> sure, put it on me. <laughs> um, 
Well, let's let's see. We can't um, move on because we're still talking about Bioshock Infinite. And we what a are great it's, game. It it's is. It's really hard to talk about this without spoiling anything. It is. Please Although don't. that's what reviews are for. So there's this part where Elizabeth. Well, you'll see. <laughs> it's basically what you want to say. <laughs> it is extremely difficult to talk yeah. about. You know, because the story. It's a Booker in this one part. So you'll see. I, I do want to say that uh, Columbia is a really interesting complicated place it's beautifully realized and it feels like a, an actual world you could get lost in maybe you don't want to get lost because everybody there's a horrible racist uh, and, and that's another thing it's going to be interesting I'm, I'm counting the days until the first opportunistic news outlet seizes on some yeah. of the racist propaganda in the game and just holds up some out of context horrific cartoon and says look at what these games are teaching our children Yes, racism. Mm -hmm. This is a racist game. <laughs> this racist game, game made me racist. I don't understand the difference between commenting on racism and promoting racism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> racist game, question, question, question mark in the headline. <laughs> if we ask the question, we're not making an accusation, except we are. Uh -huh. We totally I had to retweet that. Have you seen Stephen Colbert's bit on asking questions to make a statement where he just walks around... His oh, entire, that is the best. He walks walk around the talk. whole studio, like asking uh, loaded <laughs> is questions. Is this journalism? <laughs> Am I asking real questions right now? <laughs> is this question just Colbert. to make a point without putting mm. me on the line for it? <laughs> <laughs> By which someone could say, "Is Bioshock Infinite racist? Are games teaching our kids to murder people of different races?" <laughs> I would say yes to that second question and no to the first one. All right. <laughs> yes, games are teaching us to murder people of different races they and are. our own races. Really, yeah, it doesn't really murder everyone. Equal, equal opportunity, opportunity murder. Games have taught me great, probably physically impossible ways to murder people of all races and so, genders. So, Bioshock, if for some reason you haven't been following the development of the game at all, uh, you are a private <laughs> investigator in 1912 named Booker DeWitt who's sent up to a bizarre secret city in the clouds uh, where everyone's super racist and you have to rescue a young girl named Elizabeth who has magic powers. And the game is really kind of, it, it plays around with its premise a lot and it's kind of weird and subversive and there's some time travel and dimensional shifting involved. And no that stuff is awesome. And Star Wars references. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. true. The only thing that I have a problem with with it is oh. the combat <laughs> is great. But I, I was telling you earlier, Lucas, I kind of don't feel like Bioshock's combat should just be great. I mean, the, I think the first two games kind of really set a bar in terms of inventive combat and giving you a lot of interesting tools and firearms to play around with. And uh, this one, you don't even really get a weapon wheel. You get uh, two gun slots. The guns that you can get are all pretty conventional. Like, they might look a little steampunky, but, like, you can't have weird add-ons or anything. And they, they function like guns in pretty much any other game that has guns. Hmm. And instead, they have um, a little bit more functionality in the Vigors, which replace plasmids. But even there, like, some of them feel kind of samey, like the... What, what what's the electroshock one shock jockey mm -hmm. that feels a lot like devil's kiss which is lobbing a fireball like you're, you're basically just throwing an attack and 
Most of them have like a secondary function where you basically just throw it on the ground and it becomes a trap. They really love traps with the figures. Yeah, and traps are good, but when you make like more than half the plasmids that they all have that secondary functionality, it makes mm. them feel kind of samey. Yeah, Evan Lottie at PC Gamer who who hasn't beat the game, but he played there was a preview event where people got to play like the first hour mm. or so, couple I think it was few like the hours, first 3 yeah. hours. Yeah, first 3 hours. That that was his biggest criticism is like Wow, I love everything, but the combat has been pulled back from Bioshock mm-hmm. One and Two, oddly, where yeah. where the weapons are now meh, much more similar to each other, and the the not the plasmids, the what vigors, vigors, yeah, yeah, aren't aren't, aren't quite as creative and and different. So in in their place, they kind of have this system of gear, and that's the second time I've said in their place, but. Um, <laughs> They, they, they do have gear that, like, adds... It can add status modifications to the various weapons, and it's like you can wear four pieces of it at a time. It comes in the form of boots, hats, vests, and pants. <laughs> or maybe it's shirts and pants. I can't remember. <laughs> Lucas, Whatever it is, it it's more recently. Yeah. So it does things like um, if you deal excess damage to one enemy, it will distribute that damage to all nearby enemies in the form of a huge electric shock, which I thought was really useful. Um, It does things like if you wear this hat and you melee attack somebody, you have a 70% chance to Mm. light them on fire. (laughs) That one came in in hand. And speaking of melee attack, that's another thing. The game starts you off like that's the the first weapon that you get is the skyhook which you use to kind of traverse around these skylines, these rails that connect areas of Columbia, the, the floating city. And right off the bat, like it using it in combat is absolutely brutal. Like you just like jam it into some dude's face and turn it on and just like saw through. And you and, see everything. And, and this is the first weapon you get in the game. And it's like right off the bat, you so, are killing dudes in the most brutal way possible and like flinging nice. their bodies around like paper, paper dolls or something. Uh, now... For the combat, so you you were underwhelmed by it, Michael. But I, what about? I was well. It's I, I want to stress that it's enjoyable. It's good, but, but it's you one of those things like you're 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 enjoying it, and then like after a few hours, at least for me, it was like, wait a second, this isn't really what I'd expect from Bioshock's combat. This is I'm this is really fun, but it's not quite as creative as I would hope for. Now, what about the fights that had skylines? In? You know, I thought those were kind of. Um, mixed in a way like skylines i i used more to get away from enemies than Mm. to actually fight them it can be kind of difficult to line up shots when you're roaring by on a skyline (laughs) although i do like that you have a certain amount of control over it whether or not you you know remember to use it is another is this skyline stuff like dynamic or is it are there on rails section? Because those are literally rails where you're on the skyline. No on rails. Well, you can it's, control. So you can it's jump actually a bit on of both. And off. Well, yeah, you can you can jump on and off. There there are certain parts like where a level will direct you onto a skyline, and yeah. the skyline will take you to a new area. Okay. But then a lot of the time, like you'll enter a combat area, and there'll be like a circular skyline above the combat, and you can just jump straight onto it, and you latch on automatically, which is great because mm-hmm. it's like first time that happens like oh it must have magnets or something and so mm. it's it's super easy to latch onto. there's like zero skill involved and then you can just race around above you can get the drop on enemies and uh later in the game when elizabeth gets the ability to open tears 
there you'll see certain things like oh there's a robot sentry turret over there that's just sort of shimmering and you can order her to bring it into existence and then it'll start shooting at your enemies yeah Hmm. Levine was talking about some of that stuff I that stuff sounded cool yeah like using her control over space and time to it it was cool strategy but again it's one of those things where it's like well this is cool but then you realize like well it's basically just giving me an option of between several different power-ups that are in the environment, and I can activate one at a time. But, uh, mm. I mean, it's not a huge game-changer. Yeah, it's it's not too crazy, but mm-hmm. it is... But it is a fun Very edition. well done. I have another uh, tip, because Michael gave you the Konami code one. Mm-hmm. If you find... This is on the gear thing. If you find Ken Levine's black polo shirt, you get a plus two to a tour theory. <laughs> is that true? That's... No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it were, though. Mm. I, uh, I do have a pro tip, actually. There's oh, yes, a, good. There's a, I think it's a shirt or something that lets you become invulnerable when you're going to a skyline and getting off one. And if you're having a tough time in a fight, you just jump on and off. Keep it's, having invulnerable. If it's a bit of a challenge. And, uh, you know. Oh, so speaking of challenge, mm-hmm. what difficulty did you play the game on? I played it on normal for the most part. Okay. But that's another thing. The game, well, this is true of Bioshock in general, but the game is kind of easy in that there's not much of a penalty for death in playing under on normal and hard. Like, you, you'll lose a bit of money, and your enemies will regain a bit of health, but you'll start out, like, more or less right where you were. The enemies you've killed are still dead. The enemies you've wounded are probably still wounded. And so you can just endlessly march out. So I was, I was playing with zero tactics, I should say that. My (laughs) tactics are run out into the open, stand still while I look for targets, and open fire, and die, and come back, do the same thing again, and just outlast my enemies doing that. I'm okay with that. Because to me, Bioshock kind of says, like, you can play the game right, kind Mm -hmm. of, if you want, like, where you're being careful and, and... using a certain strategy but if you're not we're not going to stop you from experiencing the story mm-hmm. and I, i'm okay with that in yeah. some cases i think there are certain games that i would much rather you know make it hard for me but in the case of bioshock that's fine yeah. it doesn't bother me because because you know i still enjoyed bioshock one just mm-hmm. just in terms of like enjoying the experience of going through it yeah sure. whether or not i was really enjoying the mechanics which i was and it's it's super enjoyable but uh i was talking to mike grimm who uh i was originally going to have on the show and who who, (laughs) it's a shame mike grimm couldn't be here (laughs) oh well I'm, i'm just putting that out there that he's also played through it he reviewed it for at gamer and he he agreed with me about the combat, but he's much better at it than I was. Because I was talking to him, and he's like, yeah, I only died about like four or five times in that whole game. Like, really? I died constantly. And then I realized, like, I'm really bad at shooters. <laughs> like, phenomenally bad. Well, I had a bit of an advantage, because I got to play on PC, and I imagine it's way harder to aim some of those things on a controller. Probably. Maybe that's just the and PC And Grim also played on PC. So. Ah, well, there you Look, go. We're just saying. Mouse and keyboard, WASD. <laughs> yeah, I never had any trouble aiming with the controller. I just and suck at yet, tactics. You died so many times. Well, yeah. Well, well, it was a pretty terrible shot. To be fair, I, I would often shoot to the right of an enemy, even though I could clearly see that the reticle was not lined up on him. You had a fe- you had a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, my recommendation is if you played Bioshock One and Two, then you should start playing on hard. And if you get to a part that's just killing you over and over just bump it down to medium 
and hmm. uh, you'll still get the achievement for playing on normal. So it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And that's all we care about, really, is the achievement you get at the end. That's <laughs> what I'm in this for. Yeah. yeah, that's what all of us are in this for. That's a set of arbitrary of, numbers. Unless you're playing the point on of playing PS3, games. in which case you're playing for trophies. So. Oh, God. And no one cares you, about you get those, a, so. a bronze. I'm on play on PS3, so... Let's do it in, in uh, unison. One, two, three. Wow, that hurt my ears. The bar kind of did, didn't it? Um, Anyway, what we're saying is, PS3 owners, we don't mean disrespect you. We're just saying, have fun with your trophies. (laughs) Have fun with your consoles. I I play all single-player games on the PS3. If I'm going to play multiplayer, then I play on the 360. Hmm, my God. Anyways. Oh, my goodness. Anyways. I actually did want to say something that actually has nothing really to do about the fact that Bioshock is out now. Mm-hmm. But when the game was first, and I could be remembering this wrong, Booker DeWitt looked different. Like, he looked older and more grizzled. Yeah, he And as the game different. progressed, he got a lot hotter. <laughs> did he have, like, a mustache in the initial I don't remember a mustache, version? but he definitely, at least as far as I remember, he looked older. And I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. It's an mm. older character. He's the main guy. There might not be a love interest thing interest. between him and the... Oh, and then he got a lot hotter, and I'm like, yeah. okay, is this their attempt to get women to be more interested in this game? Maybe. Because women, women I am be certainly looking at this like, <laughs> wow, women women would look at that and be like, okay, that's a very handsome Stop man. It, and a not very, that hot. And Stop a very it. pretty... Li- well, he looks a lot more like his voice actor now. Uh, like, he yes. looks a lot more like Troy Baker. Well, they've, they've also talked a lot about Elizabeth and her, like, how she was almost cut from the game. But Which would have been big, a disaster. Very, yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's so integral to the she experience. She was almost cut from the game because they didn't know how to make her work, and then she was kept huh. in, and how she was redesigned. She had uh, human-like features at first, but they decided you couldn't read her facial expressions from a distance. And this just came out from the lead animator, so they exaggerated her eyes and stuff. So that's why she kind of looks Mm -hmm. super deformed. I'm not going to lie, she's got really big features. Yeah, she's kind of like a Disney princess. To me, she definitely does look like a Disney princess, but I don't know. In a way, it makes her weirdly endearing, and maybe that's because she looks like a Disney princess. I think that's what they found. I get it. And also, originally, she was mo-capped, and they decided to hand-animate her because they needed to exaggerate her expressions a little more. And this was the lead animator just did an interview. Also, he said one thing, like, he said, like, we redesigned her, M-dash... (laughs) <laughs> um, she wasn't attractive enough. There were problems. M dash. Yada, yada, yada. We redesigned her because we needed her to look, you know, to be readable by the player. And some sites ran with, with uh, Elizabeth wasn't attractive enough. So they redesigned her. <laughs> oh, God. And I was kind of looking at that like, ah. I don't know. Looking In context, now- what he was what he was saying is. She needed to have readable emotions and be relatable, not she needs to be super sexy. Like, that's really not what he was saying. Maybe it's because I'm a woman and she's not my type, but she's not like she's not unattractive. Really like, she's not super attractive, but she's very like she's you look at her and you want to uh, you want to protect her. It's like yeah. she looks that's the whole like point. someone you want to take care <laughs> she's, of. So she's, I that's think that's literally they, the whole point. I, she's I, they did exact 
exactly what they yeah. needed to. Just looking at images and trailers, anyway, I'm like, ah, oh, I want a holder. And I keep just didn't necessarily safe. like people running with the line. Elizabeth wasn't attractive because, yeah. like, it was clear in the context he was saying we were trying to make her relatable and like her emotions mm-hmm. readable by the player so that they would want to follow through as Booker. They would want to be Booker yeah. and take, you know, do what they need to do with her. And I think it's important to point out because some people have asked me about this. Uh, even though you're her protector, she is not. Like you will not totally be running any escort missions. Keeping herself yeah. safe. So. She she does not need to be defended in combat. She will run and hide. And on top of that, she will come and toss you things when you need them. So if you're low on health, she'll throw you a health pack. Mm. If you're low on money, if you go to a vending machine and leave without <laughs> buying anything, she'll toss you some money. I loved that so much. I in, got addicted to that like little cutscene. Mm-hmm. In preview events, like they made that very clear. Hey, you are not going to have to watch after yeah, her. She, she is, can take she care of not herself. A liability. She's, an, She's an, an asset, asset, not a liability. Yeah. And what, what it kind of seemed to me from like the preview stuff is that you're her protector, but she doesn't really need a protector, mm-hmm. except that she's a little bit brainwashed. And, like, so that's it's not that she's yeah. a weak damsel in distress, yeah. it's that she's had she's she's kind of fucked up. And, like, uh, <laughs> and she, also, there there are parts of the game, and then no spoiler here, you 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 will split up with her a couple times, and when she's gone, you definitely miss her. Mm. <laughs> you notice that she's not <laughs> yeah. there. Her absence is missed. So I'm, I'm, and I haven't played it, but I kind of feel like the theme at the end, or not necessarily at the end, but at least partway through, is she's helping you as much as you're helping her, which is a bit well, of a. Well, you're, you're outright cliche, using each other. But yeah, you're using each other for mutual but gain. She's kind of naive when you first meet her, but eventually, like, you and her are she both knows what very she coldly using each other sure. to get out of <laughs> Columbia alive. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, before we move on, I wanted to play a little game with you. Oh, okay. (laughs) I've I've got some uh, Bioshock Infinite spoilers. Most of them are fake. One of them is true. Oh, God. I want you to guess which one. Okay. So, I'm going to read them off, and you're (laughs) going to say whether or not you think it's true or false. And is it like one at a time we'll answer after each clue, true or false? Or I could just read them all, and then you can guess which one you think is the real one. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Which do you prefer? Uh, let's go one by one. Okay. All right. The latter half of the game revolves around rescuing a young boy named Andy, who has the key to saving Columbia. If you find the right audio diary, you find out that his last initial is R. Nah. False. False. You meet the creator of the songbird, who reveals its inner workings and wonders aloud if it would be possible to make a deep sea version by making the design smaller. Oh. You're, okay, well, you're really going with a foreshadowing Bioshock 1 I, game. But I'm going to so say that's there, false. I take it there is some foreshadowing, because otherwise, why would you go... I'm going to go false. Good thinking. Songbird is Booker's father, and Booker doesn't <laughs> seem to view this as a big deal. <laughs> true! But Wait! Totally true! Absolute false. 100% true rumors. Uh, 100% true rumors. 100% Ah. <laughs> wow. So that's a no, then. No. No. Uh, at one point, you find a sample of Elizabeth's period blood, which you can zap <laughs> with lightning to reveal hidden powers. Oh my god, that's so absurd. I almost want to say it's true. I'm going to call I really Ken. hope it's not. 
<laughs> you got him on speed dial. Yo, Ken. Right. Yo, Ken, that true about Elizabeth's well, period blood? I saw him on Monday, yo. Ken says it's true. Moving on, I've got three other... Okay, three kay. more. Okay. Three more spoilers. There's a sex scene between Elizabeth and Booker at the game's halfway point. No. It happens in first person and carries no. an achievement. No, 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 no. <laughs> yo, Ken. You put in that sex Kay, scene? People at home can't see you pulling out your phone. Yeah, the gag is completely lost. The you gag just, is lost. You just it's hear just you us. shout, yo, Ken. I appreciate it, Tyler. Lucas appreciates me calling up uh, my buddy Kenny. Kenny, Kenny Loves. Kenny Loves. Okay. Uh, Kenny Loves says no. Two more. That's not true. Uh, near the end of the game, Booker is transformed into a handyman, and you play the rest of the game from that perspective. True. Okay, well. False. You become a big. You play as a big sister in the second game, so I'm thinking maybe that's where you got the idea for that from. So I'm gonna say it's false. But now I'm thinking since you're on the last one, that one of the ones we've already heard was the true one. It can't be possible. You're lying. But I don't think that that one is right. <laughs> None of these are spoilers. You made all of them up. Next. Ten minutes in, Columbia is revealed to be a simulation run on a computer in Rapture. The rest of the game unfolds in Rapture. <sighs> no, I don't think that's true either. <laughs> that's, a, that's a false. Damn fact. it! We've said false for all of them. Whoa, 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 whoa! Does Rapture require an always online connection? <laughs> okay, now, uh, now I want to say electronic the... arts in nineteen fifty. Right. You want to guess which one was true? None of those oh, sound no. true. None of them sound true. The, maybe the one about Andy. The one about Andy. Uh, know, Tyler, what, which one the do you first think? One. I don't remember which ones they all are. I just remember there's which a little boy named I Andy. Think it's true? Uh-huh. Uh, first person sex scene with an achievement, because that sounds like something Ken Levine would do. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'll give you both points for being extremely crafty and spotting my lies, but you are both wrong. It's the period blood. Got him. For real, yo? Because when we t- when that happened, I said, God, I hope that's not the real one. But but it is. Wow. It's done tastefully, so don't worry. Uh-huh. Nothing. Uh... Really? Finding period blood can be tasteful? <laughs> How is it? Like, what does that taste like, Lucas? That doesn't sound tasteful to me. You don't, you don't taste it. <laughs> you zap it with lightning, apparently. It's under a glass dome labeled Monarchy, age 13. <laughs> Someone saved it? You zap it with lightning. Is that a thing, oh, saving Lord. your first period blood? It is when you're Elizabeth. <laughs> it's not She's when you're disgusting. literally any other person. <laughs> yeah, gross. I mean, I'd yeah, I don't want to reveal why it's there, because that would be a spoiler, but there you go. Period some blood point, is a part in the game. There you go, everybody. Have yep. fun with that little bit of information, because <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Excellent. I really, I really would prefer... That it like blatantly and cheesily foreshadowed Bioshock with like <laughs> with like Andy a, a baby R. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, like, I was maybe I like, literally like who falls from Columbia into the sea and is like rescued <laughs> by a singing crab a singing named crab. Sebastian. I was hoping it was I, I was hoping city. it was Andy R over period blood. So. <laughs> Forgive me for that. <laughs> now, I, I know that there are certain people, probably oh. P-Tom readers, who are like, you told me what's not in the game! Oh my god, yeah. P-Tom reader. Well, that one Guys, specific P-Tom reader. He didn't Come say on. that Andy period blood isn't a character in the game. <laughs> That's true, he might be. <laughs> that I don't could know. be. <laughs> That's a strange last name. <laughs> and, and, and and saying who isn't going to be in a game is not a spoiler. And that's not going to make sense to anybody but you and me, Michael. Yeah. So. yeah sadly. Uh, 
Anyway. Right. Well, let's move on. Um, so that's Army of Two. Wait, Bioshock Infinite. Oh. I want to say one last thing. Lucas, where can they see your review? Uh, GamesRadar.com. You probably heard of it. And you can read you my review. <laughs> you can read my review at OXMOnline.com, but I will caution you if you're the kind of person who regards any mm. plot information as a spoiler, there is a minor spoiler right at the beginning, so you might want to avoid yeah, it. Period I will blood. not be reading We know. <laughs> not period blood. <laughs> I will not be reading your review for a few days after the yeah, game. I know. The whole Andy R thing, it illustrates right a there. very, uh, I think, moving incidental scene. Hmm. That happens in the second half of the game. And I don't think we should give away our scores or anything, no. but would you agree this is a game this that, is a uh, must play everyone game. should experience? Uh, I, I've been telling people, Obviously. actually, this is neck and neck with Tomb Raider. Yes, this from is Tomb Raider. My for... favorite game of March uh, for this year so far, actually. Of the... Yeah, and, and I think uh, Bioshock Infinite really? is way better you, in terms of story. You put it on the same level as Tomb Raider. Yes. All right. Whereas, all right. whereas Tomb Raider's a bit better in terms of gameplay. Really? Huh. Slightly, yeah. I guess well, I really I'm, have to play Tomb Raider now. Yeah. Anna, and I, Anna and I are frustrated, both of us. One, because uh, Bioshock Infinite launches the week of GDC. Oh, I just realized which that last night and we then have, I cried. She was really sad. We were trying to go to bed and I, I thought she was legitimately like angry at me because of when Bioshock was released. Well, it might be because day. I started yelling. This she, was at like 1.30 and I'm like, fuck! She was upset. No! And I was just like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry that it's... Because we have a lot of parties and stuff to go. Look, oh, we got so many like so cool many parties, parties to go to that to we go can't to. play Bioshock. Yeah. Our lives are hard, but but they are. Uh, but I also... Have, I have a friend. I might try to get it I'm frustrated on Monday. Because so we have one copy in the office. Actually, a Steam account we can log into to download it. And, and that means we, we have to share. And it's not a game you want to share. You just want to <laughs> lock yourself in a room and play the hell out of yes. it. So. Yes, you do. And and I know Anne is going to leave me temporarily. I will. When it comes time to play. But. You'll, you'll be separated. Yeah. Not it's like when Mass Effect 3 <laughs> came out. We separated temporarily so yeah. that we could play it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't Because you wanted to be with Liara and I wanted to be with Garrus. <laughs> but Liara, really, we had to make... Was my lady for a to, while. We had an agreement. We were separated. We couldn't see other people except pretend Mass Effect people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but moving on, other games. Moving on, Army of Army Two. Army of Two. Excited? Is it? Is this? Are we excited? Sorry. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, not like I'm gonna play it right away because obviously I'm gonna be playing Bioshock. <laughs> but Come I am on. gonna play it for sure. Is it as broy as the other? No. Of two? I mean, it's broy in a different way. It's. It's less broy in the way the characters act with each other, at least as far as I've well, seen. With names like Alpha and Bravo, I just kind of imagine they'd be like, I enjoy killing. Yes, I enjoy kind killing of. as well. At yeah. least Let us pound our fists in celebration. At least in the very beginning, and I didn't see Bravo. that as a mechanic. <laughs> I don't think you can do that anymore. But uh, at least in the very beginning of the game, Salem and Rios are make an appearance. Like They mm-hmm. pop up and, and you run a mission together. But uh, Alpha and Bravo are... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Alf Bro and Bravo. Alpha and Bravo. Alf Bro. Alf Bro. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no. We already made some of our listeners my vomit bro. last time. Um, We're not going to do yeah, that anyway. again. Do you think they really vomited? No, probably not. <laughs> I, I, don't I, wish, I wish they did, but... Mm-hmm. Um, that would be an achievement if we could record a podcast that actually bling. made people sick. It's it's a little less broy between the characters, but there's still like it's still very over the top in a fun way. Like you have this mode um, 
in one and two, you had the back-to-back mode where you and your partner went back-to-back and shot around each other in slow motion. As partners do. And in in the new game, there's overdrive mode where, you, uh, where you're invincible and you have unlimited ammo and you and your partner can go into overdrive mode simultaneously to make it even cooler. And, like, that's super over the top. And, like I said, you can rip people's heads off with your knife. Yeah. And, like, there's so much stuff in this game that's like, what the fuck? Awesome. It's just uh, like Navy SEALs training. He's just like... Yes, it's Johnson, just like Go that. into overdrive mode so you have unlimited ammo. Just like and Navy SEALs. Oh, does. If only I'd known how to do that in college. Right. <laughs> I would have gotten through so many finals. <laughs> it's I mean, overdrive mode. I don't know that it will necessarily be it's called as... Speed. <laughs> as crazy as the last two games, but Visceral is making it. They are very good at shooters. Like, I love the Dead Space games. Uh, and and this game was a good game as far as to what we've seen. Visceral Montreal, which did have a part in Dead Space yeah. 2, but was not like the lead developer no. in Dead Space. And also, there are a bunch of layoffs over there in Montreal, and I think EA denied that like Visceral Montreal was like severely hit but i know a lot of people were laid off in montreal i just don't know how many or who Hmm. which is pretty whack why do you fire people before you see how a game does way whack yeah (laughs) not be like kind of whack maybe maybe past what we've seen the game is not good but from what we saw the game yeah and we don't know that they laid off was fine people from visceral specifically we just know that there were layoffs in montreal so Mm -hmm. they wouldn't say who or how many I mean, I enjoyed what we played other than the, the guy who kept talking in our ears. That was annoying. Oh, yeah, so there was the guy who said guy literally or There was a person who came over in the middle of our demo and was just put on a headset a headset and started talking to us. And we're like, we're, we're trying to run an op now. God. It's really hard to talk to Anne while playing like a two-person It's really hard to say, game. watch my six when you're saying, hey, there's someone there. You should you should do all this crazy stuff. I'm like, I know. I'm I will do that on my, my own time. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. Yeah, I don't want to tell anyone how to do their job, but if you're demoing a game, you got, you got to step back eventually. I know the like the inclination is like you want to show people how to do the stuff that you want to show off in the game, but it's like the let experience the will be better if you let the game speak for speak itself. Speak for itself. Yeah, let me experience it how <laughs> any other player would. I'm sure Army of Two, the Devil's Cartel, will not be game of the year, but it's <laughs> it will be a fun game to pick up in like a month whoa, whoa, or two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When, when games start slowing <laughs> down and you need something to play with a buddy, don't play this game alone unless you're a loser who doesn't know anybody. Fast forward to January 2013 game of the year, Army of Two, Devil's <laughs> Cartel. This is so much better than Bioshock Adventure. Come June after after the last of us comes out when you have nothing to play and you're like i don't know i just want to bro out with a friend maybe pick this one up i think you want to bro out with a bro you want to bro not just bro. a friend i'm gonna bro out with a bro okay and play the crap out of this game yeah you bro the crap out of it i will bro the crap <laughs> out of that this was way stuff. too forced i'm no, sorry i don't like this anymore <laughs> i'm so done with bro puns <laughs> Uh, Baby, you're broken. No, don't even. Bruns. Oh, God. Uh, I'm not drunk enough for this. So get drunk or it's the alcohol cast. I'm trying. The drunk cast. You want some more for Broco? No. No, I'm going to get another beer in a second because that for Broco is gross. It really is. Paps, but it'll get you fucking drunk. A uh, brapsed 
Uh, uh, bro, Brett, bro, bro, Bourbon. <laughs> oh, uh, Brokus Sullivan. Quiet, much. you. Sorry. I guess. I guess the other big release this week would be Luigi's Mansion on big 3DS. release. Really? Kind of big. <laughs> yeah, it's a Nintendo game it's starring a, a peripheral Mario character. Oh, people. Oh, people still play Nintendo games. I'm sorry, I yeah. forgot. Ooh. Oh, well, that's what you get with your head up in the PC clouds. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not down here playing games with the rest of us mere mortals. I'm back. Luigi, Luigi's sorry. Mansion? That's I'm hanging out with people, people with names still? like Lord Apparently British. So. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. And as far as heads Don't in the clouds, patient. space. He's been in space. That's true. That's above true. the clouds. He's been above the clouds. Uh, Luigi's Mansion. Uh, He's still got a vacuum. Still got a vacuum. It's still 3D. vacuuming ghosts, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Bros. Apparently it's good. Uh, yeah, I can't even do this, guys. I don't. I, don't, I haven't played any yeah, of I've, Luigi's I've Mansion. The the two people I would rely on for an opinion here are are Henry and Chris Hoffman, formerly of Nintendo Power, now of Mac Life, mm-hmm. and both of them have been like, yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, what more can I ask for from yeah, a yeah, Luigi's Mansion pretty good. sequel? Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I have pretty talked good. to like four people within the past week that pronounce Mario Mario. I remember we I remember we discussed this recently and and yes uh, a lot of Mario happening recently. Did I identify Henry by his full name or just his his first name? Henry Gilbert. Henry H E N E R E Y G R E T. If you listen to any of our shows, you know who Henry is. Henry Cape Crisis. Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank Gilbert. He loves it when we call him Hank the Tank, by the way. I'm sure. Uh, that nickname has not stuck. Nope. <laughs> I, I also wanted to talk very briefly, because I said I would last week, about the second episode of Assassin's Creed oh, yeah. 3, Tyranny of King Washington, uh, The Betrayal. It's pretty fun. You end up teaming up with Benjamin Franklin after you try to kill him. That Spoiler. old pervert. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really weird. It takes place entirely in Boston. And when I played it, it was pretty much bug-free apart from the uh, just featureless, textureless characters that would just spawn in all over the place. <laughs> I, saw that. I saw that picture. It's that weird. Freaky. Uh-huh. Pretty much bugless. Featureless, textualist characters <laughs> in Boston. It's PAX East. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's it's a meta statement that I'm just not Aww, catching on to. so many people we love and care about are there. Right I know. Now. I actually mm-hmm. wish I wish we were there, but yeah, I it's wish a we were there. But we're not. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Well, next year. By the time this podcast is out, it's been over for a couple days. But mm. I'm sorry we weren't there. We really wish we were. Yeah. Maybe next year we'll spend several hundred dollars to fly out there. Speaking of Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. uh, in the it takes five in the of actual him to fly game, to the East Coast, you can uh, <laughs> you can talk to him about having sex with older women. That's true, he, which is a very uncomfortable he conversation. Goes on at length about it. It's like verbatim from something he wrote. It's an actual paper he wrote about yeah. fucking older women. <laughs> mm-hmm. You gotta know these. Uh, as in the dark, all cats are gray. Uh, Historically, Ben Franklin was, was a player. A bit of a player. <laughs> Playing the game. Bit of a perp. Don't hate. Yeah, uh, so Don't that's weird and hate. made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> Founding Just father. Just because so old. I don't want to hear old people Getting talk with about your grandmother. Uh, speaking of him being old, that's another weird bit in uh, the tyranny of Is King Washington. Is he not old anymore? <laughs> Well, he's old, but then he leads you on a pretty good chase across the rooftops. 
And I, I say good in that he's Bitch, really you're fucking old and, fast. And Taji, <laughs> and what the, are you the doing? only way someone like Connor, who's like I think roughly one third of Ben Franklin's age, can keep up <laughs> with him is to use the new power he gets in this installment, which is to turn into an eagle and fly to various points on the map. Okay, so <laughs> in the first one he can become invisible. Yes. Second one he becomes an eagle. Yeah. Can he still become invisible? Yes. And this so is he all just, canon. In each you episode he gets, them. or in each. He goes on in his, each chapter. In each he gets, chapter, he goes on a, a spirit journey and connects with a different spirit animal and so gets its powers. Dope. So connecting with wolves in the first one gave him not only the power of invisibility, because as we all yeah, know, as we all know, wolves are naturally invisible. That's so dumb. But no. it also lets him summon spirit wolves to no. attack his his enemies. This is all dumb. Everything you're saying is dumb. It's an man. alternate history. They yeah. can do whatever the fuck they want. And so the way that the eagle flight works, you you don't. Have freely, but you what you do is you target like a place uh, in the environment where Connor would normally perch, like a rooftop or uh, a f- top of a flagpole, whatever. And you look at it and you hit a button, you turn into an eagle, and you immediately soar there. And then you're sitting there as Connor. So it basically obviates the need awesome. for climbing, so which, wait. as we all know, is the main reason to play Assassin's Creed. So hold up. You don't actually become an eagle. You just zap to a place where an eagle might be. As an eagle. You turn into an eagle that it's like all shimmery and see-through, and you fly to a point that you have pre-specified. Okay, that sounds less cool. Mm, I thought you'd cool. be flying along as an eagle. That would be pretty cool. If you like, could like turn into an eagle and fly freely, eagle. maybe they'll introduce that for the third game. <laughs> also, or the, the third episode, also you spend way too much time playing checkers in bars as part of mandated story missions. I'm which sorry, is to say, I did a lot of that in the regular story anyway. I'm yes. like, I will win this game. I, I will oh, say it. it's a bit better because not only are your opponents less capable, but uh, one of them, all you have to do is take two of his pieces and the other one, you can actually rage quit halfway through. There's a button prompt that says rage quit. <laughs> and then you knock him out with the checkerboard and start a brawl fight. Gee, I think every nice. Assassin's Creed game needs a rage quit button in some of its <laughs> missions, like a lot of them. I bet you do. <laughs> like any any except mission for Brotherhood, those games someone. made me mad. And yes, follow uh, tailing people or Brotherhood. That was where a lot of my. Uh, it already says brother in the name. You don't need to make it a bro pun. Yeah, don't I? In Assassin's Creed, don't you, I? That was where my a lot of my glitches came from. Was the follow this person mission? Yeah. Or this per- Oh God! There was one Sam Adams mission where someone ha- where Sam Adams had to follow you, uh, and uh, he wouldn't move. And yeah. I was so drunk on Sam Adams at the time that I was really confused by it. Oh, the, wait. the tailing missions were terrible. This is going on a little long. Yeah, what were we talking about? Um, we're talking about how Ben Franklin's a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're off that now. Fuck it. I'd play that Franklin. game. Ben Franklin. Yeah, I'd download that game. Play, play the second episode of The Tyranny Limber. of King Washington. Ben Franklin's a ninja. <laughs> um, moving on, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, Tyler, because you talked to one of the great luminaries of the game industry sure did. recently and wrote an article about it. You spoke with Richard Garriott, a.k.a. Lord British, Lord creator British. of Ultima, one of the 
originators of computer role playing games. Not British, know them. by the gay, by the gay, by the, by gay. the way. No, he's Texan. <laughs> he is Texan, and from space apparently. He's been to space. <laughs> he beamed. Having up. come back yes, from, he's space, from space, could he, he say he's just from been space? There. Yeah, we actually didn't get to talk about his space travel. Unfortunately, why not? I can't believe I sat in the same room as him and didn't talk about the fact that he went to space. I mean, he probably gets that all the time. You don't want to be fawning right. all over. Right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to fawn. <laughs> um, but we talked a lot, and I will say he's a he's a fascinating guy. I he brought along some show and tell items for me, really? <laughs> including the <clears throat> first record of Ultima's story, a 1976 high school assignment, which he got an A on. <laughs> the first time he ever wrote down the story of Ultima was a high school writing like, assignment. Ultima has a, a story. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> That was, and it's just like loose lined paper that he pulls out and just like is handling. I'm like, that should be in a museum. You know, I wanted to like Indiana Jones. He's laminated. Hmm. Come on. But then he pulls out something even crazier. He pulls out this roll of paper tape with holes in it. Of course, we all know this is what a computer program was. Hmm. Yes, we all know that. Back in the day. Come on, you know computers were programmed on I know, tape. I'm just saying, I don't know that everybody knows that. Hey kids, that. back in the day, computer <laughs> programs happened on rolls of tape with holes in them. That's how computers read them. That was memory, that was Paper storage. Tape. Paper tape. Um, computer tape. He pulls that out and says, this might be the first computer RPG ever programmed. Uh, it was before displays, so what happened was you would enter in your input and it would print out an ASCII map and then you would enter more input and it would print it out. So That sounds like a terrifying waste of paper. It was God, and so much money spent on ink and paper. The, the way he put it is it's about a frame every 30 seconds. It was tile graphics before there were graphics. And I'm like well that's really stupid Richard Garriott in my head. But at the same time that actually might be the first RPG on a computer every, anyone ever made. It was called This is the first ever computer RPG. No machine exists that can now read it. <laughs> yeah. And it was called D&D number one because he, just, he just wanted to program a D&D game. So I'm like this is all amazing stuff. He also said a lot of stuff that made for a good story. Like grabbing headline. <laughs> he said he thinks most game designers really just suck. <laughs> and I was, and I said to him, "Why after, does he think that?" Well, I said to him after I said that, "I'm like, well, thanks for the headline, but what do you mean?" <laughs> and he chuckled and he said, "Well, I think there's a reason." And he explained that he thinks what happens is back in the day, and he was being a bit nostalgic here. Um, back in the day, he was a game designer, but he also had to program and do all the art for his own games because this is when you just had one guy making a game and that's how it worked because making games wasn't a big industry yet. And he thinks now what happens is you have programmers who are great at programming, you have artists who are great at art, and then you have people who do Q&A for a while and aren't good at programming but aren't good at art, so they become designers. Um <laughs> They like games, they want to make games, but they're not good at those things, so they design games. And, yeah, there are some flaws to that. (laughs) But he does make a good point. Like, gone are the days where the programmer and the artist is also the designer, necessarily. In some cases, it is. Um, But he's worried that people become designers because they're not good at these other disciplines, which definitely isn't always the case and is sometimes the case. But he he was kind of saying, you know... I think I'm a great designer, not because I'm amazing, but because a lot of designers aren't very good. 
Where can people find this article? It's on PCGamer.com. And one thing I do want to say, though, because I think he did have valid points. He's been in space. He has been in space. (laughs) He has literally looked down on all of us. So he kind of has grounds to be arrogant. He does. And also he created Ultima, so we should kind of listen to things he thinks about, even if we don't totally agree. Maybe take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt, but he also created one of the most important games that there are. But also, I, I was talking to Lucas earlier. I have to wonder, because he has a new game, of course, which is why I was talking to him. It's an RPG, Kickstarter-funded. After you go to space, how do you come back to Earth and go, well, the next thing I'm going to do is um, an RPG on on the Unity engine. <laughs> I think that's my next... Well, <laughs> see, your brain gets bombarded by space lasers. So I've been to space. And gamma rays. And then you come back and like, you come back with the best idea ever, Tyler. And as far as my accomplishments go, I think the next big one, a Unity that's engine the next RPG from space. Because <sighs> I was at the International Space Station, and right. now I'm thinking <laughs> I'm going to implement some cool multiplayer things. You can see that at PCGamer.com. So moving on, we're going to segue into the community segment because once again, we have gone way too fucking long on the show. <laughs> we wanted to make this a short episode. It did not happen. <laughs> it never happens. Why do I let you talk, Tyler? I'm. You would have found all of my observations hilarious where you're not trying to move along the podcast to save time. I'm sure Get I would have. Space. I probably did. Unity RPG. It's funny. Uh, I like. All right. So, what was what was last week's question of the week? So, last week I actually decided to make uh, what Tyler brought up sort of a a question of the week, even though it wasn't necessarily our for real question of the week. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, white knighting killing comedy, and apparently a lot of people had some really strong answers about this. So, oh, really? I, I really wanted to bring Can't up. Can't believe I incited this. Yeah, it was great. I've been reading the comments, and and some people had some really good answers. Um, I'm just going to start at the top. Very first answer on the forums was mjones916. And he says, no, there's still a pretty clear difference between joking and being an asshole. Usually when somebody is accused of white knighting, they're accused by the sexist prick in question. There's also a difference between being a politically correct minded white knight and being a decent person. The internet doesn't care for these distinctions. Mm. And I, hmm. I think that... Uh, when you talked about it, it was mostly just you saying you think that white knighting on the internet is killing comedy. And I think that there are certain white knights that people pay more attention to. And we won't name names, but they all hop on the same issue. And yes, they are all men. <laughs> and the issue is usually that they're hopping onto issues that women, even women who are usually vocal on the internet, don't really care too much about because we're not all that offended by it. Like, there are, there are some women who who pick up on these things and and they talk about them but for the most part it really is just men saying oh that's fucking sexist uh, I, I the hitman trailer that came out with the sexy nuns and bdsm gear the the laura <laughs> croft trailer a lot of those things were picked up mainly by men talking about how women are so offended by them and and that's and i do think that there is a way in which that really does kill a joke like I'm a woman. Can I make a joke about women being bad drivers? Because I do that every day in the car. <laughs> right. I know you I are mean, a bad driver, but... <laughs> I am a phenomenal driver. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm sorry, honey. I'm only on my third car. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about this later. Um, (laughs) Hey, you've been in the car with me. The only problem with my driving is that I drive really fast. And I drive too slow. And you drive like a grandma. I am an old man. But but it wasn't so much that. And I do think there there were women. There are women who have been offended by things, rightfully so, and said so. Um, and, And yeah, a lot of times it is men sort of wanting to make sure that everyone knows that they're not sexist and they don't support this <laughs> and cool you know cool bro but um as far as comedy goes you know i just think people should be allowed to take risks risks and um sometimes that means making a joke that isn't necessarily racist but uses race or isn't necessarily sexist but uses sex and if you're going to label that person as a sexist or a racist every time they try a joke it just it doesn't let people try things, you know, like try to be funny, try to satire, try to, you know, lampoon sexism and racism when you label them as one every time they try and, and make a big deal out of it. And there's also this double standard where it's like family guy can do a joke and no one says a thing, but someone says it on Twitter and it's a, a huge freaking deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also such a thing as shock humor. Where you say absolutely. something purposely work. outrageous that you don't agree with. And that can absolutely be funny and work. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, Lose Followers Tuesday. Remember that? Right, yeah. Remember all the horrible things we said on Twitter that <laughs> I, I, don't want, I don't even want to repeat no, on this podcast? <laughs> but I made that up because it was funny to say yeah. things that you would never really say. And I just, I think the point I was trying to make is that, I don't know, you, you got to let people try without labeling them a racist or a sexist. Yeah. And, um, and again, it's fine to say, like, that wasn't funny. And, and it hurts them more. It hurts a yeah. comedian more to say, your joke wasn't funny than it is to say you're a racist or you're a sexist. Because if you say that, they go, well, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But if you say your joke isn't funny, they go, oh, I was actually trying to be funny. That hurts. And so that's how you should hurt them. <laughs> like, if you really hate them, like, tell them they're not funny. That 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 hurts. Yeah. But anyway, and then you, you, there's good response. I will say it was it was a well thought response. There are a bunch, and they and they they really take varying sides. Some people are very strongly yes, this is killing comedy, and some are very strongly no. And and a lot of people made some really good points. I was very impressed by this week's question of the week. You guys responses. are great. You guys that's are so saying. fucking smart. Can I read one? Yeah, go ahead. It's a little bit of a long one uh, from Butt Mumps, but one of the one of the true responses we got to this: uh, sexism and humor is a dangerously gray territory. But in my opinion, how acceptable the joke is depends on the context of who's using it. For example, the Laser Time Network often uses exaggerated sexism or racism in its podcast. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the humor being derived from the obvious absurdity of the opinions juxtaposed with the actual beliefs of the hosts. We know this because of the Laser Time Network's history of gender inclusivity and the progressive inclination routinely expressed by the crew in giving their genuine thoughts. We are bleeding heart liberals. We are. Here, it is not the quality of the joke that determines the offensiveness, as there have been many, many jokes on the podcast that have fallen flat but haven't led me to believe that anyone here is legitimately discriminatory. That is why you fail. Don't know if insult or compliment. I don't know that it's possible at this point for any of us to say we are discriminatory in this way. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think it's possible. And he or she talks about uh, God of War and its credibility on portrayal of gender issues and then... Graciously includes a TLDR. Darker crass humor isn't what is at risk. It is humor that is, quote, representative of or complacent with existing discriminatory practices, 
which people are being critical of. This is mostly a positive thing. Uh, I also might as well throw out that I think that the way the term white knight is used in the context of video game discussion often borders on being sexist itself. It would seem to imply that the men are incapable of caring about discrimination or stereotyping in their medium unless it is part of some sort of ruse to impress the opposite gender. While unfortunately there are times when that is the case, I think they are widely outnumbered by people using white knight as a way to dismiss or undermine criticism when they possess the count- no counter argument. To be fair, okay. the white the term white knight was created by feminists who use it as a way of saying uh, these men think that they're better at portraying how women feel than women are. Mm-hmm. And that's where that term came from. So yes, it can be seen as sexist, but at the same time, when we oh, use it, it's, it's a way of saying these are people who stand up for a certain issue. And, and yes, white knight is... When we talk about it, usually used by to describe people, we feel take a very strong stance on a we're, certain we're issue. It in that, a derogatory way, in a sense, but sometimes I I agree. It is okay for men to stand up for uh, 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 women's rights or gender equality. That is okay. I'm not saying men cannot have an opinion on the subject. I'm just saying sometimes they have a, an opinion on the subject. That's much stronger than their opinion on every other subject. And it starts to feel a little like self-defense. Those are the white knights we are talking about. The white knights where they think it's their duty to stand up and and stand for women who apparently cannot stand for themselves. Well, and also, like, them stating their opinion and being seen stating it is more important than the opinion itself. Exactly. Being seen having that opinion is more important Mm -hmm. Comes off as grandstanding. A lot of the sentences begin with I. And and some people legitimately, yes, they legitimately care. Some people legitimately care that you notice that they care. And that those are the people who bother us. There are a lot of people out there who legitimately care about the issues. And and they aren't aren't what I would say. We don't make fun of them. I wouldn't say those people are white knights. I would say those people just, they care. They just care. But some people just but care people, that you know they care. Yes. So that's annoying. <laughs> uh, I wanted to read another one. Uh, Ultimate Punch Rod. And I agree with quite a few of the things he said. <laughs> well, I with like a name it. like that, I imagine they'll have some very sensitive things to say. Very, very on good On the topic of answer. sexism. Um, and there was something that I wanted to talk about in here. So I think you can still take issue with sexist comments being without being no fun. For example, when I actually played God of War Ascension pre-patch, I felt that while the trophy in question was maybe in poor taste, um, uh, I don't know if you know about this, Lucas. Oh, the, the, I know about Okay. Bros <laughs> what did they change hose. it to? I'm sorry. They changed it to bro before foes. Bros before foes. Bros before foes. I think we'll agree. before foes. <laughs> sorry, I'm starting to slur Bros a little. before foes. I've been drinking quite a bit, so I'm going to try and get through the rest of this. Four <laughs> bros slurring too bro much. for uh, Lore bloco. What was the last thing <laughs> I said? Bros. Richard Broyett. Uh, I felt that while the trophy in question was maybe in poor taste, it certainly wasn't as offensive as some people asserted within the context of the scene. The trophy doesn't have much to do with Kratos killing a non-human female as it does with what another non-human male character does in the scene. And he has more to say, but I did want to touch on that. I do think that that's kind of a shitty reason to name the trophy Bros Before Hoes when it's, it's nothing that you did... As, it, as much as it is the context of the story, but there are a lot of trophies that you get in games that just are, like, you pass this chapter, which you have to do to progress with the game, it's a trophy chapter, it's a chapter trophy, 
or achievement. So you get it. And that's sort of what this was. You pass through this chapter of the game and you get this trophy, which really has nothing to do with Kratos or anything right. that you did. It, it's just descriptive of the decision that this right. character made in yes. betraying So the I can see how, how that trophy would be considered in poor taste. He goes on to say, But I think guys need to be more aware of their privilege within most forms of entertainment. Guys have almost all of the starring roles. Most games and movies are created by guys. Male characters within media are more fleshed out and relatable, etc. For clarity's sake, I'm a guy. And it took me a while, a long time, to realize just how much of these kinds of things pervade pop culture. So in a series like God of War, you shouldn't alienate any female fans you have by putting in something like that trophy name, especially since it's completely extraneous to the game itself. If that same scene had been presented without any trophy, there would have been absolutely no controversy over that scene. And I do agree with that. I don't know... If you're a woman playing the God of War series, that trophy itself isn't going to turn you off. Like, if you're a woman playing that series and you made it past, what, God of War 2, yeah. where you have a threesome with two sexy ladies. Uh-huh. Well, you're not going to be like, man, I, mean, I just made it through a topless brothel and yeah, uh, pummeled I mean, this goddess to death, half to death, and uh, <laughs> I, I was fine with it until bros before hoes and i'm not even gonna play anymore i don't necessarily think that's gonna turn off any female players i'm a dumb man (laughs) and i just assume that my mom is representative of all women Uh uh-huh she actually laughed at god of war 2 when there was the brothel (laughs) scene and thought it was really funny that you could have sex with them and so i just assume all women think that it's really funny (laughs) and (laughs) like it (laughs) <laughs> and all women should be like my mom and um you Oedipus. hear that in what uh, <laughs> i okay i don't want to be like your mother because that's weird if you start comparing me to her but I, I i agree with that i mean i played that scene and i was like <laughs> if i do this right i can have sex with these two ladies <laughs> like that was funny to me i wonder and i though, think that any woman playing the god of war series has to realize that those things that he does no. he's it's ancient would, Rome. They to did, be fair, ancient Greece. They like, did weird shit anyway. And I would dig this, but would it be widely accepted if you had a female protagonist who could just, uh, you know, screw a bunch of dudes in the course of the game? I would think that was that was awesome. I would totally like. I can't you kind I, of do that in Fable. And yet, people yeah. would look at a game like that, and they would say weird things. And they'd about say, it. and they would <laughs> they say, would. "This is making this woman look slutty. This is right, making they would her say look weird shit about it." And that doesn't make sense to me. Stuff. Like, if I'm playing a game like Fable, mm. I want to have sex with whoever I right, possibly right. can. I played Mass Effect as Men, a, women, a I don't care. Lady Shepard, because she's cooler. Hell yeah. And I had Ooh, sex yeah. with everyone I could. But I mean, if uh, there was... Only Garrus. I was very loyal. But if there was a more linear <laughs> game where it was like you didn't have a choice, like Kratos is a woman or whatever, and she can just, like, screw a bunch of dudes in the game, and that's part of the game, would people have a totally different viewpoint on it yeah i think they would unfortunately i don't think they should but they would and so there's a valid point to be made of of like our expectations um culturally are 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 goofy and that is true that doesn't mean it's the game's fault that we have messed up cultural expectations of of gender roles but but it's a bummer that we do all right i think we should move on because we're way over our limit no we're not we're only at an hour and seven (laughs) seconds for this segment (laughs) the second segment after an hour for the first one (laughs) all right um new question of the week we're we're gonna skip the debate because we're short on time but new question of the week pursuant to the talk about uh richard garriott he went to space guys he did go to space but uh gave me an idea 
Do you think that um, when you have a smaller team or even an individual working on a game, it produces uh, more interesting or maybe better quality games than when you've got a large team with maybe a more fractured vision uh, working on a piece? I mean, and it doesn't have to be like, well, clearly AAA games are better than indie games. Or, or vice versa, it can be like, you know, I think indie games have a more consistent vision, or I think AAA games uh, are just more interesting overall. Can, uh, I, can I put out an example of sort of the AAA uh, success really sure, quickly? Sure, Because something which Gary was saying is that, you know, he thinks like a artist or a programmer is probably a better designer than the designer, because often the designer got into it because he wasn't good at either of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a case. Uh, Planetside 2, the design, the lead designer was a QA tester and became a lead designer at SOE and designed a really great game and really knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So there's a case, I think, where big, big budget, you could say AAA game, it's free to play, but that doesn't stop it from being what is traditionally defined as AAA, which I think is a bullshit term anyway. So maybe the question should be, should, should testers be allowed to advance into development or should they be kept in hell forever? Basically. Now we'll um, go with the first one. But, you know, I mean, but that's an inspiring story. He was a it tester is. and it he is. went on to be a designer and he made a great game, mm-hmm. I think. But did he make a great game or was it all the people supporting right. him who made the right, great game? Right, exactly. You know, you you could argue the latter. You know, or you could argue that Jonathan Blow is just a super genius and, oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my God. I just realized the question basically boils down to do you like indie games better than AAA <laughs> games? A little bit. That's what I was worried about, which is why I wanted an example of someone who rose to designer uh, and made a big game that I mm-hmm. think is really good and has kind of an indie spirit to it. Planetside 2 does in a way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see answers along those lines, though. Like, you know, be, be descriptive. Don't just say, like, yeah, I'd like Mass Effect better than Proteus, for example. <laughs> of course you do, but... Because Proteus isn't a game, but... I feel like the scenario that Richard Gary was talking about, the only game I've seen that lives up to that standard that he set was Cave Story. Like, that's a uh, one. That, that is great. one dude doing everything. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, the only game I can think of that mm-hmm. is on that level. Well, I mean, like, Hotline Miami is, like, two guys. I was yeah. about to mention that. is, like, two, two guys. Yeah. But one guy? Come on. You can't come be on. doing come all on. of that. Come on. I mean, Richard Gary did, but, hey, come on. <laughs> That's back when computer games were, like, that, ten lines of text. That used to be the standard. I mean, Jordan Mechner made Prince of Persia and Karateka all by himself. Oh, Prince of Persia is so good. Another game my mom loves, but Karateka, maybe not so much. Okay, so uh, once again, you can answer that question either on our forums at lasertimepodcast.com or by finding the article related to this podcast at vigigameapocalypse.com or lasertimepodcast.com and click on Apocalypse and answer under the comments. And if you can make sense of any of what I said, uh, great for you. Vigigameacom.clickonpocalypse. Facebook.com slash apocalypse. Like it on Twitter. We've all been drinking this whole time except for Lucas. Vigigame a clop a plop. Designated driver of this podcast. A clop a plop Marry a clock a plop Reddit sub Facebook.com slash like this on Twitter. Right. I think we need to pull the plug on this fucker. So you're at Tyler underscore wild. At Twitter me. At Tyler underscore wild dot Twitter slash com. Just go there. Like me on Facebook. Twitter Chris Look, Hall. you know what? Like me on Facebook. Watch the countdown clock for a big reveal 
A big reveal coming <laughs> April 24th. On, on your Facebook page? Your personal Facebook page. On my about.me slash Facebook <laughs> This Twitter. is tiresome. Let's hurry it up with actual plugs. Okay, uh, go to pcgamer.com. Read my articles. You'll like them. They're balanced, good reporting because I'm a good reporter and I'm a real life journalist. I <laughs> promise you. I'm so good at journalism. Next. Oh God, I've seen it. Lucas, go. I'm better than Lucas. Should, uh, after going to pcgamer.com, you should go to gamesradar.com and you can follow me on Twitter at at LJ represent. I still don't represent? know where that name comes from. Because that's my handle, yo. Okay. Yo, he's representing. Okay. <laughs> I'm at BDR and Lewis, and that's at BDR. I have to pee so bad, so let's move along. Go, Michael. <laughs> uh, I'm an at Wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. And uh, you can also see some of my work at MacLife.com, where I've recently reviewed Hotline Miami, which came out for Mac Woo-hoo! last week. Nice. So good, am I right? So good. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, that's our show, everybody. So See you next done. week. Have a good week, everybody. See you Mar- next. Mario Kart slash Pocavidja. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you more. <laughs>